For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. And where did that week go? The final day of the week, Neil Prendeville returning on a Monday morning. And uh, we have acres of text to get through uh, as I endeavour to pick uh, and catch up on the uh, texts of the last four days. Uh, we have lots to get through today. It's leaving cert day. So much more going on. So let's get after the paper review and get down to business. Uh, the Echo front page has thousands of former students across Cork City and County will receive their Leaving Cert results from 10am this morning. According to the State Examination Commission's 6,721 Cork students sat this year's Leaving Cert with 315 Cork students sitting the Leaving Certificate Applied Examination. And we will be covering the Leaving Cert and talking to teachers and principals etc. during the course of the programme. Now half of Leaving Cert students receive inflated grades. Uh, I'll certainly be asking this question of our specialists on the programme today. University leaders call for a return to normality to protect the integrity of the exam. Tens of thousands of Leaving Cert student grades have been adjusted upwards by exam authorities to bring them into line with last year's record high set of results. It follows a pledge from Minister for Education Norma Foley to ensure grades are no lower than last year. It's an exam. How can you ensure grades are no lower than last year uh, in order to avoid students being disadvantaged when competing with the class of 2021? But this has to end somewhere. Uh, however, the move to keep grade inflation at last year's high level has sparked calls from university leaders for a return to normality as soon as possible in order to protect the integrity of the leaving cert. Professor Kieran Hogartig uh, president of University of Galway said inflated grades were doing an injustice to students because it was harder for colleges to identify top students for high points courses. And I take his point. If the uh, inflated grade is giving you a mark that's above your academic ability uh, and you struggle in university because you have the points that you kind of didn't deserve to get in there, uh, it really, there's no winners in that situation, really. And uh, electric shock is the Echo front page main headline, by the way. Gas bills up 37.5%, electricity up 26.7%. There was shock, pardon the pun, and con- uh, concern for families and businesses last night following Electric Ireland's announcement that it plans to increase residential electricity bills by 26.7% and gas bills by 37.5%. From the 1st of October, the increases equate to 37.20 per month on the average residential electricity bill and 42.99 per month on gas. And those stories are permeating through all of the papers today uh, and uh, we'll get to them as we go. Uh, the Irish Daily Star, Electric Ireland prices hiked by 87% in the last 12 months. Uh, you can check that out on page six of the Irish Daily Star. Front of the Mail has cut back on your use of energy. Fuel hikes total hits 63. 63 different fuel hikes across the energy sector. The Taoiseach urges us to reduce consumption, but campaigners warn that elderly cannot risk it. The Taoiseach has told the public to cut back on energy use hours after the 63rd energy price hike since the start of last year was announced yesterday. Anger and concern over poverty as well as health fears for the elderly are mounting with three weeks to go until further relief is offered in the budget. It's almost as if they're, uh, they're just rank, racking things up uh, to force the government to, uh, to give a kind of a, a windfall budget to the people. 
Alarm bells over daylight savings. Uh, this is a, a story that was uh, started by Tim Lombard, and uh, it, it could have some merit. I'm not sure we'll have the... Uh, the, the time to discuss it today, but maybe something in the future for Neil in more detail. Ireland should remain on daylight saving time this year to help deal with the year's wintry energy crisis, a senator has claimed. At present, Ireland is operating on summertime, and the time will go back by one hour on October 30th. But Cork Senator Tim Lombard uh, said the tradition should be abandoned to help take pressure off the energy grid. The move would see darker mornings but an extra hour of daylight during the evening, which is most, most welcome. Uh, okay, okay, I know those who are trying to get kids to school safely may not like darker mornings, and I take that point, uh, but it's really, really depressing when you go to work in the dark and come home in the dark, isn't it? Uh, I think there'd be a huge impact if we were to do it, according to research at Queen's University. It would have a huge impact also on energy consumption. I think it's a practical solution to a serious problem. Uh, so that's Tim Lombard. You can check him out today in the morning papers. Now then, Mark Couch, who's the manager of Jackie Lennox's traditional chip shop on Bandon Road, said he's paying about 30% more for potatoes, while the price of cod fluctuates so much it can double from 13.50 a kilo to 27 euro per kilo. And uh, one of Cork's most famous chippers has admitted it's feeling the heat from energy price hikes. Jackie Lennox's chip shop where Hollywood stars Sofia Vergara and Joe Manganilia, Manganilio, uh, bought lunch when they visited the city last October has been forced to increase its prices. Bills for electricity, food and cooking oil have all shut up at the famous Bandon Road eatery in recent months. Mark took over the business just weeks before Russia's February uh, 24th invasion of the Ukraine said, I don't want to do it, but I don't have a choice. He says his electricity bill has increased from around 4,000 in January uh, when he took over the business to the current figure of about 8,800 per month. The devoted couple killed in a court collision to be buried together. The devoted husband and wife own English reporting uh, who were killed in a horrific multi-vehicle crash in Cork on Tuesday will be buried together tomorrow. John Patrick and Berna Allen from Carrigaline, who were in their early 80s were parents to six children. Barbara, Ken, Bob, John, Gary and Eric and doted on their 16 grandchildren and one great-grandchild. Details of the funeral arrangements have been announced this morning and they're pictured uh, in uh, this morning's examiner. What a sad and tragic story. GAA probe after Ref KO is the stark headline on the front of the uh, the star this morning. Tim Lombard and his uh, stopping the clocks to cut energy costs also makes the front page. But a match official was knocked to the ground during a game and GAA chiefs have launched an investigation after a ref was assaulted at an underage Gaelic football game. Underage, Kevin Norton was struck by a man who entered the pitch and the match was abandoned. He uh, told us, health-wise, I'm trying to deal with that at this stage, but I won't be saying any more. There's a picture of him being tended to on the ground. Uh, you know, in a voluntary organisation where people give their time freely, Parents uh, getting all het up over little Johnny or little Mary, but knocking a ref out, that's, uh, that's going a little bit far. Now, the forecast could turn Electric Picnic into a mud fest. It'd be great fun for some, uh, but for some people it can be lonely and isolating to be in a festival atmosphere, uh, reports the Irish Times today. Shona Barris saying that festival goers are in for a wet and blustery weekend. At Electric Picnic, as Met Aaron has warned, heavy rain could see the annual arts and music event turn into a mud fest. A record 70,000 people will descend on Stradbally County Leash this weekend as the festival returns for the first time in almost three years due to a COVID-induced hiatus. And one more, speaking of gigs, the Slane gig is set to sell out in minutes. 
this is the uh, page three of the Irish Daily Star. Tens of thousands of fans are expected to converge online to snap up tickets to see Harry Styles at Slane Castle this morning. The former One Direction star will be bringing his Love on Tour concert to the iconic county Meath venue on Saturday, June 10th, 2023. Demand is likely to see the show sell out in minutes. Insiders have claimed tickets for the newly announced dates will go on sale at 10 a.m., priced from 97 euros and 10 cent. Booking fees via Ticketmaster.ie. He will be supported by Wetleg and Inhaler. Some tickets went on pre-sale yesterday for those who had registered, but there were several complaints about the system crashing and booting fans out after they'd waited up to 40 minutes to gain access. There's no denying uh, that uh, Harry Styles is a cult figure. Uh, one of the most successful and uh, notoriously famous members of the pop music elite. But once again, personally, I question the choice of uh, of Slane as a venue. And when you have that age cohort that uh, Harry Styles attracts, and, you know, fair play to them. They want to go and see their outdoor concerts. Uh, we kind of did it, not at that age, maybe a little older. Um, I'm just questioning the, uh, the exit strategies from Slane and uh, what sort of systems will be set up uh, because it's not like you're walking out of Croke Park onto the, you know, the multi-road systems there and you can uh, you can egress easily into the city with Lewis's and buses and parents collecting. Slane is a different matter. Now then, I want to go to one thing before we go to the business of the program today. Uh, and don't forget, it's Free Food Friday as well and I want to get to that. See, I told you it's going to be a busy one. But I felt this was notable. Um... American President Joe Biden last night went to one of the historic hallowed grounds of the United States, Freedom Hall in Philadelphia, where the founders framed the American Constitution and did it to unequivocally attack MAGA as extremist and particularly uh, Donald Trump. And my thanks to Seamus for editing uh, into a two-minute package uh, the salient points uh, of Joe Biden. I think it's important because it's a kind of watershed moment in American history with the midterm elections coming up in November. Have a listen to President Joe Biden for the next two minutes on The Neil Prendeville Show. Equality and democracy are under assault. We do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise. So tonight, I've come to this place where it all began to speak as plainly as I can to the nation about the threats we face, about the power we have in our own hands, to meet these threats. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven, and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies, empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. They tried everything last time to nullify the votes of 81 million people. This time, they're determined to succeed in thwarting the will of the people. We are not powerless in the face of these threats. 
We are not bystanders in this ongoing attack on democracy. This is a nation that respects free and fair elections. We honor the will of the people. We do not deny it. Blind loyalty to a single leader and a willingness to engage in political violence is fatal to democracy. So I want to say this plain and simple. There is no place for political violence in America, period, none, ever. A brave speech and veiled references there to dictators of the past. You can make what you will uh, of that. I want to say hi to uh, one of our regular listeners. He just texted me actually to say that uh, he agrees with me on the slain thing in the age cohort. Uh, but anyway, uh, from his loving partner, Morning Mick, would you give a shout out and a happy birthday to Robert O'Farrell. He's an amazing daddy and loving partner and always goes above and beyond. Wish him the very best birthday and an amazing day. With biggest love from Ivy May, Mark, Bernard and Laura. Happy birthday, Rob. Go on, you mad yoke. Uh, now, the Neil Prendeville show, obviously, uh, on Friday, is continuing our association with Roosters, Piri Piri and Douglas and Blackpool. We don't normally get to it this early, but we have so much stuff on the table today. Let's get it out there. Uh, text or WhatsApp us on 0868104106. We're going to feed 15 people. Winners will get a selection of starters consisting of chicken wings, uh, beef skewers, chicken skewers. The mains include beef burgers, chicken pittas and chicken wraps and all meats are basted in their famous medium piri-piri sauce. And they will also throw in piri-salted fries, rice and waffle uh, fries, uh, also throwing in portions of piri mayo and garlic piri mayo. And as a special treat, you can build your own cheesecake as well with toppings like Kinder Bueno sauce, Kinder Pieces, Nutella and lots more. Roosterspiripiri.com. They're now in Douglas and in Blackpool, not to be confused with competitors. And uh, if you want to get involved, 0868-104-106 is our text line. Tell us who you are, where you work and why you want us to pick you and everyone's in with a chance. Now to the business of the programme and Michael Scannell on line two. Hi, Michael. Hiya, Mike. Good morning. Okay, you're, you're a retired... Here in Crosshaven. Yeah, nice you're... listening to your dulcet tone. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. You're a retired school teacher. Today would normally have been a very big day for you in the Leaving Cert, but we're not here to talk about that. Let's talk about something completely different. Politicians' detailed pay has not been published on the Oireachtas website since 2017. It had been, uh, but now it uh, seems to have disappeared over the last five years. Why is that, do you think? Well, it's been censored, I'd say, just to protect the innocents. Uh, for example, in 2017, Mick, I won't bore you now with the actual detail, but uh, the TD was given 92,000, rounding it down. And now, a Minister for State on top of that had uh, 38,000. Then he had travelling expenses of another 38,000. He had a representation allowance of 26,000. A dual abode, that's the residence, if he was living in Mayo Galway or up in Dublin for the weekend, 6,500. Big one, secretarial expenses, he could have his wife, daughter, grandmother, doesn't matter, partner, 41,000, constituency office, 8,000, postage, 2,000, phone, 750, that comes to 250,000, plus free VHI, plus free AA, plus a driver, if he's a um, uh, minister for state, plus uh, parking for life in the, the grounds of, um, of the Dáil. Parking for life right, in the middle of Dublin, in, 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 the, in the heart of Dublin, off Kildare Street. Okay, there's... Yeah. There's a few of them there I want to pick you up on. They get free VHI, do they? Yes. Oh, okay, didn't know that's that. That's a nice one. And free AA, I assume that's uh, that's yeah. not for... That's oh, not where they remain anonymous, but where they uh, need need uh, help on the road, yeah? That's right. Okay. That's a nice one if you can get it. But you see, these these uh, patriots, as they call themselves, they reckon that they're doing the state like some great service. Um, 
you know, in the last few days there, no, you had a few of them, no disrespect to um, those involved. The uh, You had Robert Troy and no, you have Derek Leary coming back in. Now, they're getting an extra 6.5%, the same as all the public servants. That's yet, yet to be voted on, then. Yet, yet, yet to be ratified. Yeah, well, that's a fair company, Mike. That's a done deal. Uh, you could see it from the, the gestures of those coming out of the Workplace Relations uh, Committee the other morning. And make, may I just say this, uh, as a union member myself, over the best part of 45 years, the negotiators uh, going in there, doing their best, actually are like they're going in they're like Michael Collins going to London they're on a fool's errand because they can't win but what I what I find a bit pantomonial and I'd love if they took this aboard like when you see them coming out at 6am in the morning having been in there all night now watch the deal of having, them having to stay up all night they're coming out with their flasks <laughs> and their sandwiches to remind me to carry supporters going up to an All-Ireland semi-final they're staggering out of the workplace relation. Sure, sure, surely there's late night catering if meetings are still going on in, in yeah, the yeah, area, but you no? see them coming out with their flasks and their sandwiches, the sangers and uh, So all for optics. It's, you know, it's, they're up for the day, like, they're yeah. doing their best, but could it please save us that? You know? Yeah, that's okay, so a, a TD currently is on 101 grand. Now that's outside all of the other little fringe benefits. Well, he was on 92, 672 in 2017. Now he's now on 100 grand, 101 grand, so that's an increase of about 10... Yeah. About 10%. So if you up there, um, what he was on in nine, published in 217, 250,000, you can bring that up another 25,000. So you can go up to the best part of 275,000. Well, and this will so, rise to 108 grand. Now, of course, the fringe benefits yeah. you mentioned have all been taken off the Oireachtas website. Shouldn't this be, oh, yeah. uh, sh- should, shouldn't this be public information? Yeah, but GDPR, and they'll fall back on that, you see. The Patriots, as I call them, um, you know, they're not in it for the money, as you know, they're they're doing the state some service and uh they they'll say like just that they don't want their they don't want their innermost secrets revealed to the mm. the Vox Bopley. They don't I, want I, us to know. I think that old that old catchphrase, some may say I did the state a service should be yeah. shortened down to some may say I did the state. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, Jeff. So, in, in in your working life, Michael, and, uh, yeah. you, know, you know... I was a guy who used to regard myself as a crowd controller. I worked in the best school in Ireland, and it still is today, Dare Park Christian Brothers, a wonderful establishment. Some great teachers worked there over the years. Wouldn't include myself there, but a great place to work, and some fabulous principals, including the present man, Arden, Arden Wolf, who's, uh, and uh, Kevin Barry, they've done some great uh, service for Dare Park, and they've brought it back from the brink. It's not okay. co-education. It's a wonderful uh, academy. And of course, it's going to be a busy busy place today with the Leaving Certs coming out oh, in about a half an hour. for the Leaving Cert and the, the, the grades, the results, and then the battle then is to go and get into third year. But uh, I'd say a lot of guys will go for plastering and masonry and electrical work and use their hands and probably make more money. You know, if if it's so beneficial to be in the in the public eye and, and to be in Dáil Éireann, then... Why isn't everyone trying to be a politician? Well, it, it, it's the pursuit of the impossibilism to try and get into politics if you're not a member of the party uh, machinery. It's quite simple. Probably the best, uh, the best representatives in the Dáil are independents or those in the smaller parties. But if you make any reference to that, you're immediately classified as a lefty. 
Like for like you know, for example, when they when protests stopped the introduction of water charges, like lots of people my like people like myself, Golden Oldies, kinda of got involved, we just go to the meetings or go to the the walks in the town park. Uh the phrase was no way we won't pay. So it was a fabulous phrase. So I would imagine though with the um the gouging that goes on going on with the ESB hikes that people should actually say, should organise, no way we won't pay and here's the key one, we won't pay the extra the extra costs that are being imposed on us. Mm-hmm. We we will pay what we've been paying up to now, but we're not going to pay the extra cost. There has to be some kind of a disobedience campaign on the lines of no way we won't pay. And of course we've got that big rally coming up on is is it Saturday? Right. Yep. 46 euros for a bag of coal the next time I go for a bag of coal I usually get I can afford and make my pension but by the way I'm delighted that my pension will be increased again shortly to 6.5% make over two years now so that's, that's, that's not even covering inflation for one year yeah but that, that equates to 3.25% net per annum so 1.5% a year that's at present value so we, are, we will be getting those in the public service will be getting a net increase of 1% per year over the next year. That's what 6.5% equates to. I know a tiny bit about maths. I used to call God me maths homework. I'm, I'm sure you do. Michael, can I, ask, can I ask you from a personal perspective, having spent yeah. your life as a teacher uh, in Deer Park, as, as you said, you're entitled to your yeah. pension, of course, but it's one pension. Uh, what do you think about all the many teachers? There are many teachers and many landlords in Dáil Éireann uh, but teaching seems to be a big percentage because, you, you know, you can take your time off and the job is there. So it's a safe run at politics, if you like. If you fail, your job is still there when you come back. But what about the teachers who, who, who have amassed a myriad of pensions on, under, under their entitlements? And those who are purporting to be teachers in the current oil, some of them classify themselves as ex-teachers, but they're, they're not, some of them never taught in front of a class. Now, they may have done a degree, in uh, college, and they may have done the HDIP, uh, they may have done HDIP hours in certain schools, but as a cards, uh, full-time teaching, uh, it would be interesting if you could uh, do a little sort of a, a call out on it, how many of the present uh, dial deputies who purport to have been teachers actually taught in front of classes? It's I a good question, let's, let's look into it. Michael, thank you very much for your perspective thank you very much, mate. and for your Sean contribution. Thank you very much. To line one and David. Uh, hi, David. Hello, David. Hello. Hi there. I'm not sure. If, not sure if we've got a little bit Hi, of a delay. Hi there. You're living in Denmark, are you? I am indeed, Mick. I am indeed. Yeah. And you're listening a bit, um, a bit to the Irish media. What are you making of it all? Oh, jeez. I mean, I, I just I get so angry, Mick, because you know I've been living here now 24 years, and uh, we actually came back in 2015. We moved back to Corpus as my wife, and. Um, we were there for two years and just left again because um, we just couldn't see any kind of future from 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 rates, uh, you know, car insurance, everything. It's just Ireland is broken. Ireland is simply broken, um, you know. And I, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, you know, I've got my my two nieces were over here, my daughter were over here recently, and um, you know they're um, you know she's just left school now. She's getting her leaving results today actually. And you're thinking, you know, these they're just going to have to leave the country, I'd say, you know. Yeah, so you came back and you tried it here. Uh, as the old Paul Brady uh, song yeah. said, we're going to move back and give it a try. 
um, you know, yeah, yeah. You, you tried it, impossible to live. Yeah. Now, De- Denmark would be, we, we'd live, have yeah. the impression Denmark is an expensive place to live, but you've got free doctors, you've got free education, everything working really well for you. Yeah, it, it all works, it all works, you know. And a good example, I remember here, about, was it like kind of about two years ago, uh, here in Denmark, there was like, like you know these foreign investors where they come in and they try and buy up uh, apartments and and uh, they go in and maybe put a new kitchen in and then you know put the rent up uh, three times whatever. Um, a, a company, an American company called I think it was Blackwater or Blackstone, I think they're called Blackwater. I think um, they they try to come in like you see all over Ireland. They leave the investors come in, the foreign investors they come in. They um, buy everything up. Uh, they're not paying any tax on any of the rent, um, and they're just uh, skyrocketing the, the the rent for 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 people. You know who? Um, it makes me so angry because I know the Irish people. They're such hard workers, um, uh, and uh, and and to see people at home, you know, um, you know, you've got adults moving home with us to their parents because they can't afford the rent. I mean, it's it's just. It's crazy. Yeah, you know, I was, but, I was but reading that in, that's pro- in, in the Sunday papers, I, I read exactly that story where the, the head of a vulture finance fund was saying uh, you could just could not ignore the Irish market. It's a wonderful market to be in. I feel really sorry for the Irish people, Ex- but business is business. And it's a great market yeah, to yeah. be in. That's it. And, and in Denmark, uh, that, that, that particular company uh, is a huge, huge American company. They they tried to come in on the Danish market uh, in Copenhagen and buy some property up and uh, I mean there, there was protests straight away and the the Danish government went in and just stopped them within within three weeks they stopped it they changed the law just stopped them from coming in and doing that so stop the rot uh, whereas in Ireland you left you left here when you were twenty four yeah I was twenty four yeah when I left yeah okay um, and. Um, you know, and it, it, you know, we had we had some family over here uh, within the last two weeks and uh, visiting, and uh, you know, we were talking about it, and I said, you know, there's a friend of mine actually, he's um, a, a musician, uh, he's from Dublin, uh, he came to Denmark in '96, I came in '98, uh, and uh, uh, Desi, uh, Desi Higgins, a great musician, and uh, Desi, he said, um, you know, he said like he, he doesn't even go back to Ireland anymore. Um, he doesn't even go back to visit, you know, he just, it, it, we, we just had a quick chat about uh, the whole way the country is being run is just, uh, it, it's just, it's so sad and it makes me so angry, so angry because, you know, I, I, I like, you know, I, I heard like um, a politician on Morning Ireland this morning, uh, Pascal O'Donoghue, and, you know, they, they've just got this kind of condescending tone, like everything is, oh, don't interrupt me, let me answer the question, and they've got this really kind of, everything is grand, they just talk, 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 talk. There's no action. And it's every single Irish politician. Nothing happens. It's talk, talk. You can come back. I, I listen to the Irish news every day. And it's the same situation. And that's not even the same situation. It's getting worse and worse and worse. And they're still talking in this kind of, oh, it's grand. Don't worry. They just love listening to themselves talk, you know. David, as I said, as I said early, early in the week, I was aware because uh, I was on a on, on a harbour cruise, and the captain showed me uh, a, a Belgian yeah. beam trawler uh, in and out and in and out to Cork. Uh, now I can't, with any certainty, say it's in Irish fishing waters or Irish territorial waters, but off the coast of Cork, shall we say, and coming in and out and in, in and out yeah. and and uh, unloading fish 
uh, into a Belgian truck for the Belgian market, and we can't put our fleet out. Uh, by the same, uh, in, at, at yeah. the same time, yeah. there are more energy-sucking data centers in this country. Um, well, I believe yeah. than we need. Yeah. But if you combine them all together, yeah, they're they're using more electricity yeah. than every house and every business in this country. That's why we have an energy crisis. Yeah. It, it it is that they're, they're sucking the grid dry. You know, we've been listening to it here. Like they're they're you know concerned about the coming winter and and whether the uh, the whole uh, uh, electrical system uh, whether it can you know keep up with the demand because there's they're just sucking the the, the system dry. But wind um, wind is a big factor and, and in Denmark, is it? Wind farms. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Uh, yeah, yeah, and they have uh, just here uh, off the where I'm living on an island. Uh, it's the most easterly point in Denmark, uh, an island called Bonholm. And um, you have uh, just this week actually, they just um, um, uh, signed a, a contract. They'll be uh, making wind uh, wind farm, or just expanding, uh, and it'll it'll produce electricity for about 20 million Europeans. Uh, and actually, the island I'm on actually. There was actually a write-up as well in one of the English papers um, a few months back here. Um, Bonham will be completely green by 2025. 2025, um, wow, that's completely. unbelievable. I'm backed up for time, David, but to what, what yeah. do you do over there? Yeah. What, what do you do? Uh, I've, got my own painting and de- I've got my own painting and decorating and fine writing business. So, Fantastic. Um, that's what I've been, uh, I, I trained in class back in the day. It's ter- 30 years this year I'm working as a painter and decorator and sign writer. Okay, and so, it's, um, it's, it's so giving you a good life? So a good life there? Yeah, really is, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Love us, love us. You know, so, yeah, yeah. Keep in touch, David. Well, Thank, thanks it. a million. Yeah, you too. Thanks, thanks. very much. All thanks. the best. Bye-bye. Bye. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Back to our phone lines and to Jerry. Thanks for holding, Jerry. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Uh, no, you're struggling on the state pension. Yes, indeed. Like, when you look at the, the old age state, conservatory state pension, you're talking of a sum for an individual of 252 euro. Going by what I heard yesterday on your programme, uh, Behold Martin, as an example, will be receiving an increase of over 14,000 euro. 252 euro a week equates to 14,104 euro. Mm-hmm. 13,000. Right? So he, he's yeah. going to get a, an art. Well, his tenure as Taoiseach is coming to an end, but uh, the, no the, the incoming. So Leo Varadkar. <laughs> Leo Varadkar's yeah. increase will work out more than the entire state pension for a year, Correct. just the increase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What a disgrace. Peter Foy called themselves a Republican Party. They're not a Republican Party, they're a Maine Fane Party, right? That's one point I want to make. Michal Martin was, in the past, Minister for Health. Look at the state of the CUH here in Cork. He's the Taoiseach of the country. What is he doing for the old people, the people unemployed, the people who worked hard all their life? I know they find themselves in this situation. There are, there are old age pensioners there. They can't even afford to go buy a cup of coffee. Look at the price of a cup of coffee. A cup of coffee is retailing at the moment, three to three fifty euro. A cup of coffee costs the, the 
I said the region of around 50 cent, right? Now, we no, the most, that, Sorry, Jerry, the, the most expensive part of buying a cup of coffee is the actual takeaway cup it comes in. Maybe, maybe, but at the end of the day, we are being screwed left, right and centre in this country. Look at the state we're in. This country isn't going down the tubes. It's gone down the tubes. Now, Michal Martin has done zero in my eyes for Cork in relation to the general issues. Look at the housing situation, right? There are people out there that are waiting 14 years to be housed by Cork City Council, who apparently the housing department are a law unto themselves. A TD once told me recently that if they write in to City Hall, to the housing department, to try and get somebody housed, their letters are ignored. And in lots of cases, they don't even get a reply. Michael Martin should resign. Look at the carry-on with these cronies and, uh, with ho- that they, who they declare houses and everything, right? That, well, that, was, a, that was an oversight. I'm saying that sarcastically, Jerry. Yeah, I know that. But you said, you're a smart man, right? Okay? You know very well what's wrong in this country. And I tell you what's wrong. The people are wrong. We are all wrong. It doesn't matter what you earned, whether you're a pensioner, you're a millionaire, we all have to pay the same price for our litre of petrol at the pumps. The government have done nothing as far as I can see, right? Why are they trying to source fuel from different suppliers? The same with gas. Why are they allowing the likes of the electricity companies and the gas companies, right, who are making billions, not millions, billions of profit every year, right? Look at all these increases. That's a load of baloney. Right, they're feathering their own nests. Jerry, can, can right? I can I stay and, can I, I stay on the can I stay on the slightly yes. sarcastic line, okay? Look and on, yeah. and I'm, I'm going to play a little clip from the late P. Flynn, Podrick Flynn, because it, yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> it's very expensive to be a politician, you know. I guess, oh, yeah. give or take, it works out at about with expenses a hundred and forty thousand a year, and I pay thirty point three percent tax on that. So it's about a net hundred thousand. And out of that hundred thousand, I run a home in Dublin, Castlebar, and Brussels. I want to tell you something. <laughs> Try it sometime when you have a couple of cars and, and three houses and three homes and a few housekeepers. And I want to tell you and everything else. But remember, it's a well-paid job. It's a well-paid job. About a hundred thousand a year net. Running three houses. Do you need three houses? Well, I have to live and somewhere. <laughs> and then Dublin. Yes. And, then, and, and, and Castlebar. Yeah. So you're running. And, and don't forget, it's a very interesting thing, and, and, I, and I know very well that the families here will understand this, that even though you're not living in a house, if you're coming back to it every month, you have to heat it and light it and right. do all the other repairs on it. So yep. the only thing that's different is the price of the food. Okay. So it's a okay. very expensive well, business. Well, well, I think Gayborn knew he had a sensational interview there. Jerry, what would you think? I mean, there's the proof of it. There is, right, we can all laugh. We all laughed at Patrick, uh, Patrick Flynn and this, that, and the other. But in the way the members, right, look, he's talking about the cost of trade to run three houses. Look at the cost of trade to run one house today. That was, right? was 140 grand 23 years ago. Correct, yeah. 
You, yeah. you're, you're on 13 grand today. That's correct, yeah, exactly, right? Now, where is, where is the people of Ireland and fellow pensioners in this country? We are beating ourselves with a stick. Politicians are elected by the people to work for the people. But in this country, for some reason or another, politicians think we should be working for them rather than them working for us. You go to France in the morning, right? And look at the way they operate over there, right? The people get up off the backsides, they go out and they protest and they get results. It's like the old story, united we stand, divided we fall. Jerry, can, can I say and the, the, the is, only yeah. cohort of Irish society that ever got up off its arse and, and put a message to the government was your own age group when it came to the water charges. And, right. and maybe out of respect for their elders, they got the yeah. message loud and clear. They did, and that's what needs to happen again. The people have to get out, they have to protest. Politicians aren't working for the people, right? They are not working for the people. They're working for themselves. And the proof of it is there every single day of the week. Look, we, we have senior, senior civil servants, right? Who are supposed to be the real people running the country, right? All these civil servants cannot be fired, right? If you're not doing your job properly, you will be fired, Correct. And Correct. that employs every working, normal working person. But if you're a civil servant, you won't be fired unless you're, unless you're convicted of a serious, maybe something like a sex assault, or if you're, if you're, uh, if you're, if you're caught uh, stealing, right? But or, 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 or taking a big bribe or something, right? But the vast majority of them, they'll tell you they can't be fired. And all they're doing is sitting on the backsides, right? And when every civil servant, I'd say, over the age of 40 can tell you to the day when they're going to get their retirement pension, right? And they, that's the way it is for them. Jerry, I, more... I have to move on. What, what, what did you do so, in your working life? I was involved in sales. Okay. And I, right, I, I had to be, long? I had... I had to make targets every every month, and if you didn't make your target, you got a serious reprimand, and you were told if that's if this continues well, you know, you could be looking at going out the door. Okay, and what what are you hoping for in the upcoming budget? Well, I hope I think every every citizen, especially senior citizens, right. They should be able to put their hand in their pocket and if they want to, if they have a partner or a friend and they want to be able to go for a meal and a few drinks, right, that they can afford it, they can afford to go on one holiday in the year, maybe, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, what can they do with 252 euro a week? So how many meals do you and your partner go out for and uh, how many holidays do you go on? None, none. I I haven't had a holiday for... For nearly fifteen years. What? How, how could you afford to go on the holiday at two hundred fifty-two euro? Seriously? I'm shocked, but obviously I it's making know. perfect sense. Like, you can't. 
you might say I'm, I'm badly off, right? There were people worse off than me, and I appreciate that, right? There was, there was a lot of old people out there that are forgotten about, right? And they have to go to penny dinners and scrape hair there and everywhere. And some of those old people are paying rent or popping up a rent allowance or whatever, right? And those people, God love them, they, they walked. I remember when PAOE was in the shows. Oh, you'll have a great pension. You'll be well looked after by the state and all this. A load of baloney. The only thing, the only thing that that pension was good for, our contributions and all that, was keeping TDs in the great lifestyle. Yeah, Jerry, I have to leave you go. I can talk to you all day. Uh, and and, and uh, when you mentioned keeping TDs in a great lifestyle, I'm reminded of a great line by writer Liam Fay when he was talking about this hypocrisy of TDs. He said, their noses sanctimoniously high in the air while their yeah. gr- grubby paws simultaneously are deep in the greasy till. Good morning, Jerry. Thanks. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Teresa, thank you for holding for so long. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. How are you? Very good. You reckon the politicians have no shame? Oh, none whatsoever. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. They had the cheek to come out and tell us this. And there's women, men, women and children on the streets evicted from their homes living on the streets, not entitled to anything because they don't have any addresses. Some people are so ashamed they wouldn't even go to a penny dinners or anything like that. They're living off what people can give them. Then you have the, the, the elderly. I actually know some, I, I'm in the community, so I'm talking to different people of all ages every day. And I know some of the pensioners at the moment actually got their um, gas turned off. Being afraid, it's not afraid. They're actually terrified, is the word. They're terrified of what the bills will be when they come in. I had a gentleman there talking to me. He got a bill. No, this is the summer. He puts on his heating every morning just to heat the water. And he said to me, I think it was a hundred and something, I can't remember. But he said to me, I got such a shock, he said, when I got the bill in. I actually rang the gas company straight away, he said, and got my heating turned off. Turned off. Yeah, they can't. I mean, there's people going to bed at six or seven o'clock at night. They'll still charge him the standing charge. They're still, yeah, they will. I told him that. What were you saying? There's people going to yeah. bed at seven at night. There is. There's people warm. going to bed at six. Yeah, and so they won't have to turn on their lights or their telly. They're so afraid of what will happen and what the bills that they. I mean, I know they say, "Oh, you're you're entitled to the the fuel allowance." The fuel allowance is around thirty euro or something. A bag of coal is going to be 35. And if you have to use an open fire, one bag of coal is not going to do you in the week. You'll, you'll use two to three bags of coal. Mm-hmm. Then you have fire lighters, you have um, whatever to start the fire. This will all add up. Where are you going to get that out of 70 euro? I know. Teresa, time's against me. Thank you for making yeah, the right? point. It's very good. Uh, you say they have no shame. Men, women and children no, thrown out of the street whatsoever. and evicted from their homes. No, they are. Yeah. What sort of Ireland have we become? I don't know. Teresa, thank you very much. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Neil Prendeville Show with the time coming up on two and a half minutes to ten news is next. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Get it off your chest. 
Text the Neil Prindeville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. So much to get through and so little time on this Friday, the 2nd of uh, September. Uh, let's get to some free food Friday mentions because I know we're going to get back to up. Roosters Piri Piri in Douglas and Blackpool. Text or WhatsApp where you are, where you work and why you want us to pick you on 0868104106. We're going to feed 15 people. And you know the drill. It's going to be chicken wings, skewers, beef skewers, wraps, chicken pitas, beef burgers, uh, all basted in their famous uh, medium piri-piri sauce, uh, sides of garlic piri mayo, piri mayo, piri salted fries, rice and waffles, and your chance to build your own cheesecake. Good morning, guys. I'm getting in early again. Can I nominate my job? Caremark Cork on the Tremor Road. I would love lunch for all the SNAs of Ballygarvan National School. Our first week back, says Emma, Killian, Richard, Paul and all the lads at SETI on the Glasheen Road. We'd love it, about 13 of us here. Brita O'Keefe and our work colleagues in Sodexo, Irving uh, Oil in uh, Whitegate. I would love to be served food for a change. Another busy day for GRP Roofing Supplies on the Tremor Road. Uh, Call in today and meet... That's not an ad. Come on, lads. Call in today and meet Brendan on the team. Uh, Getting an ad in there. PGB Sports would love a free lunch. Karen and her colleagues in O'Donovan's Pharmacy in Ballybehan. We'd love to share some roosters. Uh, Bridgewater Homes, Kerry Pike. Blockwall Developments in Ballandlana. Amari Ireland, Tremor Road. EMH Technical Services. All the hard-working electricians on the Glasheen Road. Free Food Friday for Roadstone Dispatch Team Ballandlana. Colleague, Woodview Park Tallow Waterford Residents Association. My name is Fiona. I work in Vodafone store in Mallow. I'd love to win the Free Food Friday. Lunch, please, for all the staff here at Pro Photonics in Little Island, working hard, unique fit out in Glanmire. We'd love roosters. Free Food Friday, yes, it's definitely Friday for all at Lehan Motors on the airport road. We'd love a feed today. Uh, FTC accountants on the Wellington Road. Shauna working in Dornan Engineering in Little Island. Free Food Friday for the wonderful staff at St. Killian's Special School in Mayfield. Uh, for Shauna, another Shauna, and all the gang in Boots in Half Moon Street. For the Cork Chamber of Commerce, we'd love a nice roosters to welcome our new receptionist, Lisa. Uh, welcome, Lisa. She's only new to the team, but we already know she's a star. Oh, that lovely. Free Food Friday from Megan Oxford, working in the HSC and Father Matthew Key. And Morning Mick Monster Garden Sheds in Ahala would love to win. And Free Food Friday, please, for the ward clerks in the South Infirmary Hospital. Uh, so keep those uh, Free Food Friday mentions uh, coming in. And uh, we will get to you. 0868104106. Now, do we have Pat Drynan on line one? Good morning, Pat. No, it's not picking up. Let me get to some of the texts that are there. Um, on America, did you know that Ozzy Osbourne and family have said that he's moving back to England and that America has become too violent with mass shootings. Good morning, mate. Great to hear you on the radio again. When you were on in June talking to Christopher O'Sullivan, TD, I requested you ask him about who was going to pay for the removal of the sunk controller at Union Hall Pier, a cost reported to be in the region of two million. Uh, Okay, uh, sorry, beg your pardon. A cost reported to be in the region of two million. He said at the time he would come back to you on it, but I don't think he has. Uh, Is it we, the taxpayer, who are burdened with the cost due to negligence? And uh, it would be nice to know that someone will be held accountable, at least for this costly and disruptive incident in this busy commercial pier. It was removed from the water at the start of July by the council. My apologies, I was looking in the wrong place for Pat Dynan, my fault. And he is here on uh, our WhatsApp line. Pat, good morning. Good morning, Mick. Good to speak to you. Now, home hack, the, the word hack. Uh, always has negative connotations, people hacking in. And of course, there are ethical hackers, but hack is in a, in a good sense here. Please explain. 
Absolutely. The word hack, um, it, it means an easier way to do things. Like the life hack is an easier way to, to, to get things done in, in your life. And so home hack is an easier way to rent a home. Okay, so H-O-M-E-H-A-K. You've dropped the C. Yes. H-A-K. Uh, t- tell me about it. I've heard about it on, uh, on different reports in the media. Uh, but I think this is kind of something unique and special. Yes, thanks. Thanks very much, Mick. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, well, essentially, HomeHack is it's an online platform. Um, we're a business based in Cork, and my own background meant I have rented 12 times over 25 years, and, and I've been a landlord in, in a small way uh, a couple of times. And um, I commuted back and over to the UK, and when my son was going to college, I saw how difficult it was for him. He, he presented himself really well with his all his... Um, his references, and um, he applied in the usual way to letting agents, to landlords, but he got no response. Nothing came back whatsoever, and so it was very, very difficult. And so we sat down, he prepared what we now call a tenant CV, something that presented himself in an organized way, and he went door to door on some occasions, but he got offered four places, and in his case, he was in Galway, and he got offered a, a, a lovely apartment on Air Square, and so... We saw the way that that worked really well, how he took some action on his own um, sake and presented himself in a different way. And I thought, OK, we can help people to help themselves here as as tenants, as people looking for accommodation. And that developed into I did some research. I went to MTU there and I did a master's in digital marketing. And when I did the research amongst landlords and amongst letting agents, I found that they were not happy with the current process, the current property website process either. And so they, they we that developed into um, the platform that is now HomeHack. And so instead of us offering homes, we help people to present themselves who are looking for a home. And so on HomeHack, you will find hundreds of people who have prepared their tenant CV. They, they're organized. They have everything prepared. And then landlords and letting agents go to HomeHack. Um, they put in the home that they're looking to rent. And then they get matched with the person who is ideally suited because they live down because they work down the street or because they go to college just over the road. Yeah, I'm aware that certain auctioneers are reticent to advertise if they have a database of reliable people in, in singularity. They're reticent to advertise a, a home for rent because they're just deluged, and the business that they're in, the main business of selling houses, is affected because nobody can get through to them. Exactly, that's it, Mick. And there, there are some auctioneers that have their doors locked amazingly um they have so many people calling and i mean it the process is dysfunctional um as it stands it's a 25 year process the the process of of advertising property on a property website and i feel it doesn't do any service to the individual who's looking for a home who's organized and everything prepared and and the vast majority of people do everything according to to how you'd expect and they have everything prepared but but the really organised person can't get through in the noise that if a letting agent puts up a property in Cork today, they get up to 400 applications. They, the property will be viewed 5,000 times, and you can all see that on, on some popular property websites. But 5,000 people will look at a home with two beds in it. Well, yeah, but then, then they're, they're also burdened with a queue of 200 people who want to see the house individually. Exactly. And we've all seen those um, videos on social media lately. And what is the point of that? Because two people will end up in, in that two bedroom house and 198 people have taken time off work. They've queued with their, their partner or their, their housemates, a complete waste of time. And so they would much prefer to, to in, in our case, they promote themselves 
in terms of here I am, here's the why I want to live in this area, or here's how much I can afford, or here's here here we are the people who want to live in this house, and we have a very popular feature, a, a ready-made household. And then the landlord picks the six, the eight, the 10, 15, however many they, they're comfortable with that they can accommodate. And they do a very good job with those people. And they know who they're inviting to the home. They're not strangers. They've seen their, their tenant CV. Um, and they can. there's a valid reason for inviting those people, as opposed to at the moment, as you quite rightly say, Mick, if you speak to the letting agents and landlords in Cork, 400 people applying for a home and they can't possibly respond to them, which means so many of those applicants are, are left disappointed. Now, HomeHack um, uses Stripe Identity. Uh, Stripe, of course, yes. a multi-billion euro company. That's for referencing and verification. Would I be so bold to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you're kind of a Tinder for renters? Um, no, I see where you can get the concept, but no, Tinder is, is more about swipe left and right, and it's a very light um, engagement, if you like. It's 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 a kind of a carefree uh, engagement. We are very very different from that and, and to that because you know we, we we help the individual who's putting their data out there to do a much safer job in terms of looking for a home, and so we've built Stripe Identity in and and. That's put in there into the bit integrated into HomeHack um, so that it's free for the homeowner or for the home. It's free for all participants. And we're trying to make sure that we cut out the fake landlord, we cut out the fake agent, that we're especially careful about looking after the, the tenants, the home seekers data. And so at the moment, the home seeker, they ramp up to the, the, the door so many times and because they're so desperate to get a place, they hand over the eponymous, the, the plastic folder with all of their details in there. And they're giving away way too much information at too early a stage okay. in the process. And once it's given over, it's gone. So we're saying, no, do you know what? Verify your identity with your ID and your password with somebody as reputable as, as Stripe Identity. And then you don't have to share those details again in the future. But it helps you to look trustworthy, Mick. All right. Now let's hone in on this very, very strong pressure point in the annual calendar in that there's not just tenants looking for accommodation, but there are students looking to see, will they take up? And, uh, you know, this is leaving cert results day. Uh, there's students looking to see, will they take up accommodation somewhere or can they achieve finding any accommodation? I heard a very interesting interview on radio recently. I think it was either Limerick or Galway opportunity uh, to match up homeowners and particular success was being, having, uh, was being had with the elderly cohort whereby they can rent a room tax-free or rooms in their home tax-free for up to €14,000 per year. And the benefits are are evident. They have company in their house, they have security in their house, they have an extra income in their house. Uh, does home hack help making uh, selecting a tenant easier? Because the one worry the older people would have is they pick the wrong tenant who's going to be rolling in drunk or boisterous or bringing guests, etc. Yes, absolutely. There's a lot in, in what you said there. And indeed, you know, we've, we've, we have a crisis at the moment in general terms. And now we have tens of thousands of students that will come and indeed to Cork and hopefully we have lots of students coming to Cork. They're a great bonus to the economy of Cork and of course a lot of them stick around in the long term and, and work in the, in the big companies in Cork. So any city would want students to come to the city but then they have to live somewhere while they go to college there. The colleges benefit tremendously from the fees but also the local economy can benefit from the, the students coming to, to live there. And yes, at HomeHack, we, we're trying to help the situation by saying for students, 
they prepare a tenant CV, a something, a CV that will help them not just during their college years, but into the future. That's the, that's the first thing. Second of all, for the homeowners in Cork, I mean, when you look at the CSO data, there are tens of thousands of spare bedrooms in Cork. And we have sort of an emergency here. And, and you know, when there was a bigger emergency with the, when, when the, the war started in Ukraine, 10,000 people in Ireland came forward with bedrooms. The instinct, I think, is there in the population to help and if they can help. And so we've made it so much easier in the sense that if you feel inhibited about advertising your home on a national property website from what the neighbours think and everybody sees it and strangers walking in your door, what we're saying is we will promote the students as well as the tenants who have a tenant cv on home hack and then at your leisure you can go on put on your 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 air code and see who is looking at the moment in your location and so it takes that inhibition down and you can have a one-on-one engagement now we have a lot of controls in there in the sense that you will have to verify your id we don't want fake landlords coming onto our site and so we've got controls there to make sure that only verified people can actually engage with the student or the mm. or the normal tenant. So it's almost um, like a, it's almost like a banking application where KYC or know your customer must be fulfilled yes. before you can open the bank account, kind of thing. Yes, so, so but we've tried to make it as simple as possible, making that it takes two minutes to work with Stripe Identity. Stripe are world renowned for how simple their 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 technology is, but they're reputable to, to into the boot. And so we've made it very straightforward to do it. Number one, but number two, we want to um, improve the the how home seekers' data is protected, and so their data is safe, and they they can release it then as and when they want to, and so they don't give it away, and we avoid. So the, the, we, we do our best to, to cut down on the scam artists. For example, okay. any document they share has, has watermarks on it and they can limit who sees their information. Okay. I, I want to get in there on rental scams and in asking you to comment quickly on rental scams, also why homehack.com is doing its bit to, you know, t- to lead people into the proper arrangements rather than going in. There was 192,000 euros stolen in rental scams uh, a couple of years ago. I think it's gone up this year to nearly a quarter of a million. Uh, so rental scams and how HomeHack uh, can help the parent looking for uh, a student's accommodation or the student themselves to avoid scams. Yes, indeed. Well, in the first place, the, the first scam we're helping to avoid is, is abuse of a person's information. And so when you put your information out there and a lot of people feel they have to do it because the current process demands it, and they give away way too much of their own information to who they think are um, landlords or homeowners looking to offer them a room. Well, what, what, what we're doing there is saying, no, you put your information into HomeHack and then you release it gradually as and when. So in the beginning, you do not need to give away so much information just to be invited to a viewing. But if you're going to engage with that person, then... First of all, you should go to a property before you obviously uh, give over your your sensitive information. You should definitely be visiting a property before you're paying a deposit or or giving over any money or money details to anybody. You know, get the keys and check locks. Um, they, they're very straightforward things, but people, if you don't rent a property every day, you might not re- realize it. Pay by credit card if you can. Get um, an invoice, get a receipt for when, when you pay. And don't pay before you get some sort of a contract or some sort of an agreement, however um, tenuous it is, but to to get something in place. And yeah, and in terms of um, home hack again, there is a log, there is a register. Only people who are registered are engaging with each other on home hack. So it's a much safer way. 
they cannot uh, offer you a place until they've given up their until they've given home like their phone number their email address until they've been through stripe with their passport or their um, passport or driving license to verify their identity and everything after that then is logged so there is a way to know who you're engaging with and, and what the, and there is a record there of the correspondence. And of All course, right. if anything untoward happens, you, you report it to the guards, but you report it to Home Hack as well. So we can follow up and make sure that does, that nefarious individual doesn't go any further. All right. So, uh, Patron, and you're a Cork native. It's, uh, they say the, uh, yes. the best ideas are the most simple. It's H-O-M-E-H-A-K, H-O-M-E-H-A-K.com. Yes, Essentially, if I'm right, you're going to connect homeowners with spare rooms, the CSO would give us pause to believe, uh, or cause to believe, that there are enough uh, spare rooms and beds uh, in this city and its environs for all that need them. And you're ma- kind of making a portal that'll uh, navigate a safe pathway for students and tenants in need of accommodation, offering, if you like, a simple and convenient way for tenants, general tenants or students, to um, to find what accommodation they need, while also allowing homeowners a very discreet way to offer their spare rooms and avail of that. 14,000 tax-free benefit that they can take. So, H-O-M-E-H-A-K.com. Yes, indeed. And, and, and Mick, thank you very much. We've built it and and we're growing it out of Cork. It'll go nationwide in the next couple of weeks. We've got campaigns coming up to help frontline staff like nurses, doctors, student doctors in Cork. We've 64 of them right now that can't find homes. And we're looking, we will have a campaign back to say, you know what, if you're on a bus route and you have some benevolent feelings towards the staff you met in, in the hospital, well, actually, they need a place to live as well. Um, and at the moment, you you maybe are inhibited to offer up a home on a national website, a property website. But you know what, we will have them there on HomeHack and you'll be able to log, just simply go there, log in and find somebody. And even if it's for six months, eight months, 12 months, you'll be doing a great service just to help a medical worker who, who's in this country to help out, but they can't actually find a place to live. So yes, Mick, mm-hmm. you, you put it really well just there. We're starting out in Cork, we're going to build it out of Cork, and we're going to help the, what we see as a dysfunctional process at the moment and take it nationwide. Seems like a great idea. www.homehack.com. Pat Drynan, the CEO of Homehack, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much, Mick. Thanks, bye-bye. Now, I mentioned a concept in there which could loosely be described as intergenerational living. A concept where older people that are looking after a bigger house and maybe rambling around a house and maybe feeling lonely that their uh, their children have flown the nest or whatever and they have spare rooms and they have heating needs and they have lighting needs could perhaps rent them out to younger people trying to find accommodation. This is big on the continent where younger people get available and cheaper rent and older people, which is brilliant, get the company and someone to help out and the security and the chats and the lasting friendships uh, that uh, that all of this can create. Now, I'm going to get to the next two callers. They both signed up with The Home Share, T-H-E-H-O-M-E-S-H-A-R-E dot I-E, The Home Share dot I-E. They're a platform that hosts both householders and sharers, younger people, if you like, uh, and help them get in touch. And we've got a sharer first, and that's Orla Walsh. Hi, Orla. Hi, how are you? Good. You discovered HomeShare when you were moving to Dublin to take up a place in nursing as a mature student. How did it go? Um, I did. So I initially um, emailed the HomeShare and asked if they had any availability. And Lucy pretty much got back to me immediately. Um, We met within a week. And I think a week later, I had actually moved in with Sarah once my guard of vetting had cleared. Okay, so this was Sarah. 
who was 78 at the time. She was 74 at the time. She just turned 78 in June. Okay. So you were a mature student and you would have been, if, if I can say so, you would have been decent company for Sarah, yeah? <laughs> yes, and we, we became the best of friends. Um, it was one of the best things I've ever signed up for. I was a bit sort of apprehensive going into it, thinking that I was going to be more of a carer, but um, no, we became, as I said, the best of friends. Okay, and you rented a room there from her for how long? So I did. So I was part of the home share for two years. And then as I was going into my internship, I was required to do nights. So then Sarah asked me to stay. So I agreed to rent a room off her for a lower rate and I would still be company on my days off. Wow. Yeah, so... There's a sad end to the story, though. Sarah died three weeks ago, so I'm very sorry about that. She, She did, but, you know, it was... She wanted to stay at home. She got what she wanted... She got what she wanted because because you were able to move in, avail of cheaper rent, give her that bit of security, give her that bit of companionship, that bit of company. Uh, which uh, And I believe she told your parents that you brought such joy into her life. <laughs> she did. Um, her daughter sent a card recently just to thank my parents for coming to the funeral, which was nice to hear because you don't really, you don't really notice the impact you're making on these people's lives. Like... Sarah always sort of had in the back of her mind that she was going to end up in a nursing home. Um, but I suppose she was lucky in a sense because I was sort of doing nursing as well. I was sort of able to help out with like, you know, some of the nursing needs she needed. Um, okay. But yeah, so it worked out perfectly. But when I started renting, a girl from India moved in. She works in IT and she also, she was amazing. She had no care background, but just... She, the happiness and joy she brought to the house. It was such a lovely house to live in. Okay, stay, stay with me for a moment, Orly, if you will. On line two, we've got a householder, so that's the opposite end of the uh, of the story. Pat McFarlane. Yes, yeah, speaking, yeah. Hello, Pat. You're 93 years young. Uh, that's right. Okay. <laughs> in a couple of weeks, yeah. <laughs> so you're currently home-sharing with uh, the home share uh, for a number of years now. How's it been going for you? Very well indeed. Uh, I think largely because Lucy, who runs it, is, she's a very kind, loving person and she's very good at matching up house companions that, that suit well. It's almost like so, a matchmaking service, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very successful. And I like it because I can stay in my own home and keep my independence. And I have that sociability of, of house companions. And a couple of bob. Uh, and at the moment, I have two, which is almost better than one because, uh, uh, you know, there's more interaction. <laughs> I, I can only imagine the knowledge, the life knowledge you must be imparting to them as well during the companionship. Oh, exactly. Yes, certainly. Yes, I know. I quite agree. Yeah. Okay. So h- how, how long are you doing this? A number of years? Um, well, I've been with the Home Share, I suppose, now three years. Uh, before that, I was, it was another company for a couple of years. So I've been doing it for the last five years, really. And it worked out very, very well. Okay, and fantastic. I, I think because I've been in this house over 50 years, I can't see me ever moving out of it. <laughs> ma- ma- many people your age would already be in nursing home environments. Isn't it great to be able to stay at home with that little bit of company? Oh, yes, I quite agree. Yeah, because uh, I had to do a, a week... Uh, I had shingles this year and I had it a week in a nursing home and it was absolutely demoralizing. <laughs> it, was, it was torture. <laughs> the 
people were so old and, you know, there was no communication. Okay. Really. <laughs> Pat, you sound like a very sprightly 93-year-old and it's a pleasure to talk to you. So well done and I'm glad you had a great experience there. Thank you very much. Uh, you're very welcome. Orla, thank you also for coming on on the home share uh, aspect of things and I want to move on now to uh, its founder and CEO. Thank you, Orla, as well. Thank you. Thanks, all the best. Uh, founder and CEO, was already mentioned by Pat McFarland there, is Lucy Cunningham. Good morning, Lucy. Good morning. How are you? Thanks so much for having us all on. Very good. It's lovely to have a positive story because there is so much attrition in all elements of, of what's coming into the programme here as public sentiment is reflected by, you know, the increase in energy prices and all that kind of thing. So uh, you're the founder and CEO of the homeshare.ie. I am, yes. Yeah, I have a nursing background and um, I set up the home share five years ago. So we're in our sixth year now and we have a, a, I'm so lucky, we have an amazing team behind us. Uh, we have a home share consultant, an amazing lady called Kira, who's based in Cork. So um, Kira is, she's actually a physiotherapist as well. Uh, so she is, uh, <clears throat> how it works is we would meet the older person, the householder first, and actually they're not necessarily all older. Uh, we have people in their in their 50s who are householders. Uh, we have one particular lady now, we're in the middle of matching up, she's in her 50s, God love her, she um, is living with MS. So it's basically home sharing work for anybody who wants to remain living in their own home, uh, but they may need a bit of a helping hand around the house, they might, uh, might want some company, and also just that, that reassurance and peace of mind that there is, that, that there's somebody else living in the home with them. Okay, what, what's, so, what sort of a discount uh, against market rate can a vetted housemate achieve by, by being properly matched by you? Yeah, so firstly, we have two options. <laughs> it's going to sound very confusing. We have two options, and Pat just explained there that he has two, two sharers with him. The first option is... Um, where it, it costs €195 Euro per month. That is how much the accommodation is costing them. Now, um, they, they don't pay any rent to the householder. Um, what they do instead of paying rent is they offer 10 hours a week of company and help around the house and an overnight presence, typically maybe about you know five or six nights a week. Mm -hmm. um, and they pay €195 Euro to us, to the Home Share organisation, and that pays for our ongoing monitoring and support. So we visit um, every month, and we ring everyone checking in every month, and we're available 24-7 as well, just if there's any issues at all. We are on hand 24-7. The only money, so in the first scenario, the only money the sharer can offer the householder is uh, money towards their contribution towards the utility bills. Okay. So that's, that's what about food? Option. Oh, they, uh, the sharer buys their own food, and in a lot of cases, um, the both people they might have a kitty going on because um, they would share meals a lot, um, especially in the evening or at the weekend. So, so, so some matches might have a kitty, you know, because yeah. you know, they, they're going to have meals together. So, so that's the first option. Um, where they don't pay rent to the householder, but there is an expectation that they would be a present in the house uh, most nights of the week. Uh -huh. The other option, which Pat is also doing, is where um, the sharer would pay Pat about, or you know, or a householder, about two thirds of the market rent. So, for example, Pat is getting um, about about four hundred and seventy-five euro, if memory serves me right. €475 Euro per month, and that's to live in a beautiful house in Kalini in Dublin, 
Um, uh, so Pat receives about 475 or two-thirds of the market value plus five hours a week of company from the sharer. Um, there is no expectation, though, that the sharer has to be in the house overnight. So that's the big difference. And the reason we set up and we started this new option as well uh, is because we have so many nurses and doctors and, and people working nights who weren't able to uh, to commit to staying in the house overnight. Okay. So, w- so it's a mix yeah, and match, really. And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm cognizant that the worst thing that can happen here is that an older person or, you know, not maybe not so old, that their house is turned into a prison because they have the wrong tenant. Oh, okay, yeah. And, and that is obviously, that is the, the, the secret ingredient. It has to be the right person. So we meet the householder first. And that is for us to get to know them and to find out what preferences they might have on, on um, someone who's sharing their home. We then go back to the drawing board and go through all our applications of people who have applied to us. And we have between three and 500 people applying on our website every, every month looking for accommodation. So we have a huge bank of people to choose from. Um, and we would then um, bring a sharer um, to, to meet the, um, say, Pat, for example. We would bring them over to meet them. Um, uh, like, you know, introduce them and, it, you know, if everybody was happy, you know, they, they, they take a couple of days to have a think about things. Um, but if everyone was happy to proceed, the sharer moves in for a trial period, which is really, that's when people get to know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're on the phone every couple of days checking in. Uh, and then at the end of the trial, assuming everyone is happy to continue um, so, so there's a probationary period, but in short, you do everything to ensure you find the best potential housemate in the safest possible manner for those who are willing to share a spare room and and that kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. Um, it's paramount because, uh, you know, the average age of our householders is about 86. So it's extremely, extremely important um, to make sure that we have every possible safeguarding uh, measure in place. And, and doesn't it save that 86-year-old's family from maybe getting in home help or private uh, payments to, to carers and that kind of thing. It extends the, the, the working life, if you like, or the, the living life uh, in, in a house for an elderly person. Would I be right? Oh, oh, oh 100%. Only, uh, only one in six of our householders end up moving to long-term care, which is absolutely amazing. Um, now, the, the big difference between a sharer and traditional carers is that our sharers do not offer personal care. So uh-huh. they're there to complement existing supports. So they wouldn't be able to help and assist people, you know, um, having a shower or if they need help going to the toilet and things like that. So that wouldn't be expected of any of of your sharers? No, it's not. It's not. Um, But most of our householders would have um, a HSE care package where they would have carers coming in. Mm -hmm. So our sharers are there to complement that. So our sharers are there to help around the house to offer company um, and, and that overnight presence. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's, um, that's the main in, 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 uh, in the two opportunities that we've mentioned there, and I'm not uh, putting one over the other, uh, slightly different in their offering, but uh, very, very beneficial uh, and well worthy of checking out. Let me mention both of them, if you don't mind, Lucy. The first one was HomeHack, H-O-M-E-H-A-K dot com. And your own operation is The HomeShare, T-H-E-H-O-M-E-S-H-A-R-E. Dot IE. It's a wonderful service and a very positive story, uh, you know, in, in the face of almost impossible 
uh, rental options for many people. I think either of those websites could uh, offer our listeners and their families uh, maybe a very, very happy outcome where it doesn't seem like there's any losers. Everybody's in a win-win situation. So thank you to Pat Drynan from HOMAC and to yourself, Lucy Cunningham from the homeshare.ie for coming on the program this morning. Thank you. Good morning. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Good morning from the Neil Prenderville Show at 19 minutes to 11. This is Mick Mulcahy. And uh, 41 minutes ago, the Leaving Cert results were made available online to the many students in Cork and around the country uh, that have uh, strove so hard to get very, very good results. And uh, Aaron Wolf is the principal of Colossia, uh, Eamon Reish, and joins us on the line. Uh, good morning to you, Aaron. Or is it Aaron? Good morning, Mick. How are you doing? Very good. All delighted. Oh, they're, they're, they're absolutely thrilled to bits. It's brilliant. Because, good, because yeah. of great inflation. Ah, no, not at all. That would be very disingenuous now. <laughs> you know, the students have worked very hard. But look, the grade inflation is there, but that has affected more the, um, the, lower, the lower grades. But that, that, that's only leveled the playing field anyway with last year. But mm. I wouldn't take away anyone's success today by saying grade inflation. Oh, like no, nor, get, nor, nor do I mean to, but there's students yeah. now getting A1s in maths and English, A1s in Arabic. Um, there's a Syrian oh, but, refugee, but, but, I believe, got an A1 in construction. Well, he well no. I was talking to your producer there. Yeah, we had a Syrian ref, a guy, a Syrian refugee in the school. He got an A one in Arabic, but of course, like he's worked hard for that A two in construction. He's worked very, very hard. And what we're hearing about grade inflation, it didn't affect the top grades, the A's. It was more down the bottom. You know where the D's might have gone up. Okay, are are, um, this, are the students um, more leaning to getting their results online? Is there a gathering afterwards, or are they all choosing, or many of them choosing to come to the school? No, I suppose what we had told them was that they were to access it online themselves. Um, as they've been happy with their results, they've started to wander in, but we're having a party here, well, a party, they were having a breakfast, uh, kind of full Irish for the leaving search. They were invited in a half eleven. So they'll be wandering in to, to celebrate with us. Um, but a lot of them have turned up now just to come in and kind of boast about their results. But yeah. they were a great, uh, this group were a great year group, and I'm looking down there, uh, A1 in maths. Um, like, th- that, that child really deserve an A1 in maths because they really worked hard at it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Syrian uh, that we were told, Syrian refugee we were talking about, A2 in construction, he worked so hard to get that. That, yeah. is, that is well earned. I think it's and important, Aaron, to, you know, to define on the programme and, and to define publicly that the Leaving Cert really doesn't define anyone. And while we celebrate uh, the big results and the hard work and achievements of all of the students, uh, it, it's not the definition what? of your life. And there's always other avenues and other ways to succeed Absolutely. if you didn't get what you want. And that's, what we, that, that's the big message, you know. You, like Everyone's result today is the fact that you got your leaving cert result. You know, it doesn't matter if you didn't get an A1 or whatever. It's that you got your leaving cert. And even if you were disappointed today, there are other avenues. It's not the end of the world. And, um, like, yeah, do you know, when was the last time you were asked what your leaving cert results were? Do you know, it's... Um, it's a day you get your results but if you didn't get what you wanted today there are other avenues there are other options talk to your school's guidance counsellor so today our guidance counsellor is on hand for anyone that is upset so far no one is upset which is a good sign <laughs> OK I wonder and I think when I when I finish the, this, this little uh, statement from years ago you'll figure out who made it right I failed in some subjects in my final exams but my friend passed in all of them and now he's an engineer in Microsoft <clears throat> and I'm well, the owner of Microsoft. 
Well, that's it. We were talking there about like Alan Sugar, Richard Branson. Um, like what would come out next week, the CAO, and then you're into league tables and schools kind of being judged on league tables. League tables don't take into account tradespeople. And I tell you, like painters, uh, carpenters, plumbers, they're far richer than any principal is, you know. And um, what I mean is that if you're going into a trade, that is fantastic. And we shouldn't be looking at schools saying, well, we're judging you on how many people have gone to university. Okay. Like it's, every career, anyone who progresses to a career, that's what you want. It's a red Doesn't letter day, Aaron, for, for all of the people who, who got what they want, who may have to strive again to get what they want next year. And of course, it's a day of celebration. You're going to have a breakfast. Uh, and all we would counsel is that people uh, celebrate responsibly this evening. Absolutely. Absolutely, Joe. Do, we say it to them now, do take care. And you know, they're right too as well. They, they've had a tough schooling. Do you remember? COVID hit them. Um, it's been very, very tough for that, that year group that have come out of leaving certain out last year. Yeah. So I wish to everyone the best of night tonight. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's time to boast and brag and be proud of yourself. All in all, great results for the students of uh, Colossia, Eamon Rees and beyond. Thanks, Aaron Wolf, principal there. Thanks, Thank you. Bye-bye. Now let's go to Bruce College and uh, its principal, Hall Landers. Good morning, Hall. Good morning, Mick. Okay, you're going to talk through the results from the students and what's next for them and the options for students that perhaps didn't do so well. How was it for Bruce College? Um, well, look, I, I remember talking to you some time ago during the period of calculated grades and now uh, for the first time since 2019, uh, students have done their exams. Uh, there are no calculated grades. Um, rightly or wrongly, the, 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 depending on your opinion, um, students had to go in and show how they could do within an exam and on that basis the, the results for us are exceptionally high and, and so high that it concerns me. Um, so at the moment um, I, I, I am looking at 20% of our overall student population achieving 600 points or higher. Uh, I, I would never have dreamed four or five years ago that was possible no matter what cohort of students I got in. Mm-hmm. Um, out of that I have uh, 13 or 14 students that have achieved a maximum 625 points so it's 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 fantastic and I'm really really happy for all of the students in Bruce College and other schools who have gone through the past two years completed their grades and it's a rite of passage that uh, is now going back to what it was before except I do have massive concerns in regards to the inflated grades and what that's the effect is going to have on points let, let me talk about the inflated grades and I'm not trying mm. to take from anyone's achievements today sure. but uh, uh, one of the professors of Galway University said on radio today he used the word discerning uh, last night on national TV he used the word discriminatory but he used it in a positive way and that the old leaving cert as we knew it was discriminatory uh, to talent if you like it, f- it filtered out those who were able to move forward at particular levels and there's, there's kind of a worry that these inflated grades will put people through the CAO system into college places that they may not be able to perform their best at would that be fair? I think that's what I am hearing anecdotally from um, some colleges. Uh, I think the professor from the University of Galway that that said that, I suppose, is making the point as to how universities and third-level colleges are going to differentiate between students in determining um, who they're going to offer a course to. So, for example, I mean, last year, the likes of dentistry was 625 points 
And if you achieve 625 points for dentistry in, I think, UCC or Trinity College, you still weren't guaranteed a place and you went into random selection. Now, that just does not make sense to me. And I hope for the benefit of everybody that that changes next year and we go back to a more normal um, profile of of grades. Um, Looking in UCC last year, over half of the courses or nearly half of the courses from my reckoning are 500 points or higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you know, and that, that creates a pressure pot and that pressure pot, I've, as I've said before, is not created by the students and their work effort. It's, it's created by an admission system that is not serving uh, students uh, in any uh, really healthy way. So we're talking about stress and pressure on young people. Um, but when this type of system is there, that no, even if you get the maximum score, you, you, you know, we, we have to now put you into a lottery. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. 14% of students nationwide getting H1 in honours maths. That's more yeah. than German, French and English, is it? Yeah, um, I, I just saw in the uh, paper today, it's, it's actually 18% um, H1s in, in maths make and to put that into context I think it's a good example of a subject to take in 2019 the last year of written exams 6.4% of students are achieving H1s in maths so it's it's three times uh, it, it, you know the, the national average has gone up threefold to 18%, just under threefold to 18% so it, technically it, based on these years results Uh, 18.1% H1s in maths, say, compared to geography, 10.5%. Compared to, for example, art, 10.6%. Ag science, 5.8% of students achieved H1s in ag science this year in the Leaving Cert, again, compared to 18.1% in in maths. So there, and that really skews the points, because as many of your listeners will know, there are bonus points for maths. Mm -hmm. So you get an additional 25 points if you have maths in your leaving cert. If it's one of your six best grades, that can really kick in and uh, it brings the points up higher again. Okay. You have an innate knowledge of of your topic, the subject, the numbers, the percentages, me all. Mm. Uh, and as principal of Bruce College, perhaps Neil will speak to you at the, uh, the first round CAO offers. But for now, a very happy principal. Yeah, I'm very happy for the students and uh, there is, their first round offers are coming out on Wednesday. And again, uh, just following on from your general discussion earlier, uh, for everybody going out tonight, be safe, enjoy yourself. And for parents, just tell them, make sure to contact you if there's any problems. Brilliant stuff. Michal Landers, Principal of Bruce College, time's against us, but I thank you very much. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. Six minutes to 11. Liz Moynihan is the principal of Tremor Road Campus, the Cork College of Further Education and Training. Good morning, Liz. Good morning. Uh, I'm How kind, are you? I'm kind of sorry the Leaving Cert results came out on our busiest day of the week, but I've got three minutes for you to, to sell the options that are there. And people are unaware of the options in further education, which, of course, is, is a subject you'll champion. Um, absolutely. And I suppose, first of all, congratulations to all the research students on their results this morning. And I'm just hearing there um, uh, on your own program there about the grade inflation. And I suppose what comes with the grade inflation is the CEO point um, inflation. So a lot of parents and a lot of um, leading research students are going to be very worried over the weekend and over the next few days as they wait before they get the CEO offers on September the 8th. 
And I just want to reassure them um, that there are other options. And I want to tell a little story about a student, and I call him Peter, to protect his identity. Okay. Peter came to us last year in August and September uh, with his results and absolutely devastated. He wanted to do P teaching. It was his passion area and his chosen career. But the points that course in UCC last year were inflated at 564 points, which is a lot of points. And Peter just fell short of those points. So he was very upset when he came to us and we offered him um, the Level 5 Coaching and Physical Ed course, which he did here last year. And I'm delighted to say that we met Peter in July. He has already been offered his place um, through the Cork College's Progression Scheme, which is a particular scheme that we have been offered here at the college to allow people to progress on to higher education. And when I met him in July, um, he spoke about the fantastic year he had and how he built built his skills here at the college around assignment and around his IT and that he felt he was in a much stronger place with better skills and his, he was in a better place personally as well to go in and face that higher level course in September. So what was devastating for him last year when those CA points came out actually turned out to be a windfall for Peter and I have no doubt he will excel in his course in UCC this year. Great story, so, Liz. And, and of course, there's options for people right now. Now is the time to be looking at options. You guys have options today. There, absolutely. Now, we have walk-in interviews where you, you literally, it's not just an interview. You walk in, have a chat with you. We sit down and we go through where your interest lies and what are the options. And with a whole range of courses on offer here at the college, and we're very willing here um, between 12 and 2 and all next week. Give us a ring, come in, make an appointment, or just walk in off the street and say, what, can, what are the offers? Can you and apply on your website, Liz? You can. You can apply directly on www.csn.ie. And our alternative just come in and sit down. And often when you sit down with us and we, 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 we look at the range of interest each particular student um, has, we can direct them in the right place and give that one-to-one attention. And I suppose we pride ourselves here on giving that one-to-one uh, attention. Uh, one-to-one yeah. attention, yeah. So 12, you know 12 to 2 today, www.csn.ie for more information. I'm sorry time is against us, but Liz Moynihan, Principal of Tomorrow Campus, Cork College of Further Education and Training, is advocating people look at all your options. Thanks, Liz, and good morning. Uh, Good morning. Thank you. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. 104 to 106. Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. Joe O'Reardon joins us on line one, better known as Bunny. Good morning, Bunny. Hello there, mate. How are you doing? I'm good. Now, we must talk about your son first before we get into the context of the interview. Uh, your son, Kean died by suicide in 2009. He did indeed, mate. He did. And so, it was, yeah, it's been a while back, obviously. And, um, you know, but his memory still lives on quite strong and um, quite proud. And I suppose we're trying to maybe create a bit of honour as well in, in everything that we've done around his name and his memory, you know? Okay. Does it get any easier with the passage of time? Um, I think it gets easier to walk with me, you know, and, and I'd be very clear on that. It gets easier to walk with us um, healing from it's a whole different thing altogether, mm-hmm. you know. Okay. Now, of, uh, when Kean died, uh, the Middleton Hub was established, uh, and then you were asked for a little bit of help uh, in restoring your own son's motorbike. Tell me about that. 
Yeah, well, what happened was for I when he died, he died in zero nine, and I had his bike, the bike that we promised him for his eighteenth birthday. And what happened was, I suppose for the first year or so, I was kind of knocking around the place, and I was kind of feeling guilty about it. And then I brought it up into my apartment, and I had it there for seven years. And um, from that, it was we got a family and friends together, and we restored the bike four years ago. Okay. And from that, then we found that we had created some kind of magic around the possibility of working mental health and uh, emotional well-being by maybe continuing the project on this day. So we created the Middleton Bike Project and along the way we did a lot of work. We got a building down in Middleton and we found and felt that people were misunderstanding what it was we were doing in our community as a community group. You know, people were beginning to believe that we were a motorcycle club. No, we're not a motorcycle club, we're a community group. So hence came the Middleton Hall in a rebrand. Okay, so you rebranded. So what originally started as a bike restoration project has become something much bigger in its intentions and ambitions. Uh, essentially, a suicide prevention and bereavement support group. Exactly, and I suppose we had a particular emphasis on you know the the people that were left behind, and I suppose the lack of services that were available. You know, not going through my own grief, and what it was, there was very little support there. So we started by creating that support, and what we've done is we've grown into other areas also. You know. Uh-huh. And then was born the idea of uh, what's been lovely little title actually, the Cuddle Run. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um, uh, that that came about again for a number of different um, perspectives. Uh, the Cuddle Run, I suppose, was because we we began putting up teddy bears around uh, Middleton and Carrie Two, and we we're going to do a lot more work in around Cork County. And and it was about really and truly, I suppose, planting seeds for people when they see a, te- a teddy bear up around the place. And emergency contact numbers, et cetera, et cetera, with the teddies, you know. So we call that the Cuddle Project inside in, in, our, in our own uh, facility. And, and then we wanted to do this run around Ireland, so we came up with the team of the, the Cuddle Project. And, okay. oh, sorry, the Cuddle Run. Cuddle and, Run, yeah. Uh, and the crew from there, yeah. Yeah. Now, throughout, throughout August, uh, you, Bunny O'Reardon, it's okay to call you Bunny, is it? Of course. Okay. You didn't drive just any bike all around Ireland. You drove Keen's motorbike. Correct. We um, we set off on the 1st of August and we have done every single county throughout the country. And we've had the most amazing experience, you know, and it's been a wonderful experience driving this bike. And, you know, the bike was in tip-top condition. It's performed something fantastic for a 41-year-old bike. It has been impeccable, you know, in terms of um, what it's done. And 41 years old? What kind of make is it? Yeah, it's an RD250 LC. And back in my day, it would have been the, the, the bees and ease of bikes, you know what I mean? Uh, particularly, there was different models of that, but really and truly, everybody wanted one. Anyone that knew about bikes in the 80s, uh-huh. they wanted one of these, you know? Yeah. It was one of the ones that kind of brought a smile from ear to ear, you know? Yeah. Have, have you seen the movie with Martin Sheen, uh, produced and directed by his son, Emilio Estevez, uh, about the, uh, the Camino de Santiago called The Way? I did, and we actually walked it. I walked the full Camino as well, a couple of years back. Yeah, because this, so, this project is reminding me of that. Yeah, it is. There's a bit of that, and I suppose having done the Camino as well, you know, it was quite um, a poignant experience while that was happening. So I had, um, I, I'm able to, I suppose, tune into both elements, you know, the bike and the walk. Uh-huh. The reason we want you on today, of course, is we don't have any months with 32 uh, days in them, but you've used up very well all of your time in August. Uh, c- can I go through the counties? Or we'll, we'll just go through the towns, and uh, people can imagine the counties. 
So you started okay. August 1st in Bantry, then Killarney, yes. Limerick, Nina, Lahinch, Galway, Castlebar, Roscommon, Newry, Armagh, Monaghan, Cavan, Drogheda, Dublin, Kells, County Meath, Mullingar, uh, Longford, Carrick and Shannon, Sligo, Enniskillen, Dunlow, Derry, Oma, Belfast, Tullamore, Newbridge, Portleash, Wicklow, Carlow, Wexford, Castlecomer, and today. Uh, you're going to finish it all up with a run to? Cork, a Middleton. Where, and I'm actually getting tired. Listen, I'm getting tired listening to even reading it off. <laughs> so what, 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 was the, what was the 31 <laughs> nights like? Did you get some local support? Had you to pay a lot of hotels? Was it expensive? Uh, I can tell you something. It's been one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. I'll tell you that. Um, people have just been fantastic right through us. From the word, people have supported us. Um, from accommodation, from bike clubs getting together to lead us in, lead us out. The police up in the north, the guards down south, the blood bikes uh, throughout the whole country. Everybody came on board with us. Everybody actually really wished us well, encouraged us, supported us, drove with us, met us, talked to us. Um, and that's the way it actually has been for the whole 31 nights. But it's been tiring. Um, fatigue has set in, you know, uh-huh. and fatigue. Because a lot of what we were doing um, was way outside of uh, driving the motorbike. We met a lot of people throughout the country. And we met a lot of people who shared their own tragic stories with us, you know, and that took up quite a lot of our time. Yeah, and, and, um, and a lot of your energy, I suppose, going into not only relaying your own personal loss, but in, in assimilating others as, as they, you know, as they unburden their losses to you. Correct, correct. And, you know, at the same time, it was also a privilege, you know, to be able to be on the receiving end for people to trust mm-hmm. us. And to trust us with, I suppose, uh, intimate details of their own tragedies and, and their lives. And that's quite a privilege to, to be present for, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, you're coming home uh, from Waterford today, leaving the clock tower today at 3 o'clock. You're going to be in Dundar- Dungarvan Town Square for 4 o'clock, leaving there at 5 p.m. to be home in the hub in Middleton for 6 p.m. So you're looking forward to seeing everyone after an absolutely epic journey. Uh, if you want to follow the journey, you can follow it on Facebook forward slash the Middleton Hub. Um, but you have a 100,000 euro ambition, which is going to be raised to turn the existing warehouse building into a properly fitted out centre for those that need support, no matter what their circumstances. Uh, you're quite short of the target. So that's why on your homecoming day, we're happy to have you on. 21,446 raised now out of the 100,000 euro target. Are you confident more will come your way? We are. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, it's been probably a timing issue as well, you know, and as I say, people have been good. People have supported us. But um, and we realise that there's a lot of other charities out there as well going for support, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it probably will come in a bit slower and it's gave us a chance to kind of reflect on what it is we want to do anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. And so everything is a positive in this. We have absolutely no negatives um, and we're, we're really looking forward to to teasing it out and absolutely if we can get the money together to do the work we want you know we need we do need it and it's just a, it's going to be a timing issue the sooner we get it it means that we can concentrate on the workload and we can concentrate on putting in the services we want to put in you know okay. that's really what it's about I'm sure if Keen is looking down he's going to be immensely proud of his dad today will there be tears in your eyes for him as you cross the line and get back to Middleton there's been tears in my eyes on so many different days, Nick, um, for lots of different reasons, but particularly um, in relation to the loss of Kian, you know. And that's something that comes and goes, and that's the one that never kind of goes away. So yeah. there's always a trigger there, and it always, it's, it's a good trigger, you know, and it, so there's a great sense of never forgetting as well, you know. Exactly. 
Well, well done for championing a great cause in, in a great memory uh, for your late son, Kean Waterford Clock Tower today, 3pm, Dungarvan Town Square, 4pm, leaving there at 5pm to be home at the Hub in Middleton for 6pm and looking forward to seeing everyone after an absolutely epic journey. A couple of scoops tonight, I'd say, will there be? Brilliant. Um, well, it won't be for me anyway because I don't drink, so I'll have a coffee though. Okay. Um, maybe while I have you there, make one last thing that uh, we have um, any bikers that are out there that would like to join in Link Inland, we would be thrilled to see them. And everybody is absolutely so welcome into the hub this evening. Come and see what we do and you'll see what it's really about. You know? okay. So anybody that's in the East Cork region, Come up, check in with us, drop in, and have a look at what it is we actually do. Okay, We're let's, looking forward to showing that. Let's people. not forget the uh, the means by which people can donate a few bob. It's idonate.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash the Middleton Hub. Cuddle run. All one word. The Middleton Hub cuddle yeah. run. All one um, word. Let's do that again because it's a bit cumbersome. <laughs> idonate.com forward slash crowdfunding forward slash the Middleton Hub cuddle run. You're better off just to go down tonight and give them a few bob. You are, that would help. And our even one to the webpage, onto the middletonhub.com, and there's a donate button in there. Oh, as brilliant. Well. It's the easiest thing. Middletonhub.com and push yeah. the donate button. Yeah. All right. Um, well done, Bonnie. Uh, Joe, well, Bonnie O'Reardon for all of your efforts, and best of luck in hitting the €100,000 fundraising target. Thanks very Thank much. You, Cheers. Take care, mate. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text in WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Cork's Red FM. Quick mention for Abby McKnight and a fantastic leaving cert from her dad, Gordon McKnight. Don't want to open the floodgates. We don't have time today, I'm afraid. But let's go to line two. And Cormac Mohalley, who is director of the Circus Factory, is joining us with a big event coming up. Uh, morning, Cormac. Oh, hello. How's it going? Very good. You're playing Electric Picnic this year. Um, well, kind of. <laughs> um, I'm actually here just helping out with our associate artist, Lucy Smokes. So I'm, for a change, actually just being a bit of a punter at it. I mean, I do have to, um, I do help a little bit. I mean, I was helping with a high-vis jacket last night in rehearsals. And I do have a job, um, but it is a lot more play this weekend than work for me. Okay, uh, and we're here, of course, to talk about Pitched, not, not the Electric yeah. Picnic. T- tell me about Pitched, because probably Electric Picnic will overshadow lots of the, uh, the arts festivals this year as it draws people from every city. Uh, but there's something happening right here in Cork. Yeah, so I, um, a couple of years ago when we were in Albert Quay, we got moved down to Centre Park Road and we were a bit far out from the city. And I applied to the Arts Council to get like a small festival fund to just reconnect with the city and uh, the first year was 2017 and we did stuff on Culture Night and we did stuff at Douglas Street and it's been growing ever since. Now of course there was the hiccup in 2020 of absolutely nothing and last year it was an absolute headache to organise anything but this year it is fifth year and it is a whopper of a programme. That's the feedback I'm getting since I was like everyone's like oh my god there's so much on. So, like, next weekend, uh, we are doing a three-way collaboration with the Everyman and Firkin Crane to do our opening show, which is Tea Time Company. Uh, Tea Time Company's Matter of Time, which I believe you are giving away a pair of tickets for. Yes, we will, but we won't open the lines just yet. We'll tell people when to call in on that. So that's the Everyman, the Circus Factory and Dance Cork presenting Tea Time Company at the Firkin Crane on September 9th. The, The festival claims to have something for everybody. Can you verify that? Yeah, well, so we have kind of three strands to our programme, which is indoor shows, street shows, 
and workshops. So that's like the industry aspect. Like, you know, it's, it's, festivals are a time for people to come together. And what I actually, I'm up in Lecture Picnic at the moment. I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going, Tony, Henrik, Ali? Oh, we'll, we'll see you down in Cork in a few weekends. So loads of my friends are here at the moment. And I'm getting to invite them to Cork. So not, it's not only an opportunity for audiences to see really good circus and street theatre, it's also an opportunity for us to come together, especially at the end of a season, to go, oh, how was your season? Oh, what's your plans? What are you doing for the winter? Where are you off the next? Oh, you're going to go to Australia. It's, oh, it's going to be wet here in Ireland type thing. So it, that's, our in, that's our workshop aspect. It's an opportunity for us to kind of talk about the industry. Okay, so, so if you want to develop your acting skills, this is the place for you. Or if you want to learn about performing and devising immersive theatre, then this Punch yeah. Drunk Enrichment is, is yeah. there. Where, where can people find a programme of the festival, Cormac? Well, if you go to circusfactorycork.com, there's a link directly to pitchedfestival.ie. Um, because Pitch Festival is something that Circus Factory, um, this is our kind of annual flagship event. Um, and that's where we come to our indoor shows. So we're turning on the weekend of the 16th to the 18th, we're turning our space into a venue and we've got like a late night cabaret over 18. Then we've got a, a free but ticketed show because it's over across the marina at 8 o'clock. That's the Fired Up Cabaret and we've got like a live band. So that's where we kind of say it's accessible to all. And that's why I really love street theatre and, 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 and circus is that it's so accessible. Like... Um, the other night there, I was in Lidl there underneath the uh, Elysian and uh, there was a bunch of teenagers in front of me and I was like, oh, kind of getting this like, uh, you know, I couldn't quite, I was like, are they Ukrainians? And I started chatting to me like, oh yeah, they're all Ukrainians. They've just started school in Ashton. And I was like, oh, here's a flyer to the program. One of the first things they asked me was, is it free? And yeah. that's, that's the thing with, with street shows and we've got like, where are we? We're in Lapsky, we're in Marina Market, we're in Douglas Street, we're on Core Market Street. So we think we've got like four different days of free outdoor performances so that means no everybody can go do you know it, it's across society and that's that's why I think it's accessible anyway okay brilliant okay so it's a unique and rare opportunity suitable for students for emerging even for professional artists interested in exploring and devising techniques within their art forms even uh, across the wide gambit of circus, dance, theatre and physical performance let's give away those tickets it's the Everyman oh, yeah. the Circus Factory and Dance Cork presenting Tea Time Company. Now, don't be confused, it's not at the Everyman. They're supporting the Everyman, the Circus Factory and Dance Cork are presenting Tea Time Company at the Firkin Crane on September 9th. So we have two pairs of tickets to give away to two lucky listeners on 0818 104 106. Keep in touch as the festival nears and uh, we'll be yeah. happy to, uh, to uh, publicise it for you, Cormac Mahali. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, Mitch. Cheers, thanks. Bye-bye. Now, Free Food Friday, uh, batch two of our uh, mentions, of course. Uh, we do this every Friday, and uh, there is huge competition to get the uh, Rooster's Piri Piri free food because it is so enormous and of such variety. People are competing to get it. Chicken wings, chicken skewers and beef skewers, a selection of mains, including chicken wraps, chicken pittas and beef burgers. All meats are based in their famous medium piri-piri sauce. And they'll also throw in piri-salted fries, rice and waffle fries. Portions of piri-mayo and garlic piri-mayo. They're very generous. And as a special treat, you can choose to build your own cheesecake with a selection of toppings like Kinder Bueno sauce, Kinder Pieces, Nutella and lots more. They're in Douglas and in Blackpool. Check out their website, roosterspiripiri.com. Big shout out to Niall and the lads in Premet Fabrication on the Paladuff Road who'd love a munch for lunch. Horgan's Garage in Kerry Pike. Uh, thank you, Mick, and keep up the good work. 
Uh, great guys up there, uh, John and the co. Ross Creedon and all the lads uh, driving the ready-mix trucks for RPC Haulage in Grenna. Happy Friday to all at Red FM. Piri Piri Chicken Sweet for all of the guys working at ECI JCB in Carry Tool. Oliver Hayes Gardening Services in Bandon. All the hard-working childcare staff in Little Hands Childcare Redemption Road in Blackpool. Paul in Merview Laboratories, Watergrass Hill. Uh, free Food Friday for Sean Buckley in Audi on the Bandon Road. Kevin Buckley in Boston Scientific as well. Roosters Piri Piri for store fit shop fitters in Bandon. The Brothers of Charity Day Service are texting in every week. We'd love this treat. Uh, we'd love Free Food Friday for the gang at Capita up in the airport business park. For the transfers team working in Clearstream and Navigation Square. Free Food Friday for my sister Gemma and all the staff in Tuzla at Finbar's Hospital. For my sister Laura O'Connor, who works for Cloudera. Rat Peak and Fireplaces in Hollymount Industrial Estate would love it as well. I'd like to nominate all the hard workers from Rockwell Engineering in the Insulation Workshop in Clahean for lunch today, especially my partner Owen. Morning. Free Food Friday shout out to all in Common Sports Warehouse staff in Little Island. We would all gladly share. We're working away for the busy shops and the online shop and we'll share with the office lads as well. Bree Cronin, working at the Mercy Urgent Care Centre in Grona Broher. All these staff here are working hard and would really appreciate a Friday treat. Listening to the show uh, the show to get us through the morning. Free Food Friday for Guinea's Dental Clinic in Balancholic. Would love this for all the hard-working dental nurses and dentists. Hello from everyone at Donworth's on Forge Hill. We love a good feed today. Free Food Friday for everyone at Johnson and Perrich JLR Bishopstown. Parts Department. Caroline O'Connor and Dunn Stores Carrigaline. Uh, Northside Glass Old Mallow Road. Coalfield Transport in Little Island. An incredible team working through all the locks, uh, lockdowns. That's from Colette Coalfield. Free Food Friday for the Puffin Ward at CUH. Mary Coley, uh, Mary Coakley and all the ward staff would love some roosters, says Vince Conroy. Hardworking porters of the South Infirmary would love some lunch. Another busy day here with the lads out working. And um, we have many, many more. Anna and Chloe at Team Motherway Agri. Pampered Paws Dog, uh, dog Grooming in Middleton. Uh, Aramark Property. Cork Lighting and Interiors in Ballycoreen. Uh, Bronx with the team in Douglas. Shout out for the Hepburn Professional. We can't even boil a kettle on the site. We're starving. Uh, Free Food Friday. I'd love for the staff of Ward 4C in CUH uh, to win it. My dad is very ill there for the last three months and uh, has been in and out there each day. The care and compassion each patient receives is top class. They deserve a small token back. Thanks so much, says, Chris, uh, says Christine. And a few more. Uh, Daniel from MD O'Shea's in Ballancolic. All the lads in Red Fox Recycling in Churchfield. Broderick's Chemist in Barrick Street. DPD Depot 27. Uh, the Department of Stripe Tellus in Black Rock. And uh, we love it as well. Watson Marlow in Blackpool. And one more. Luke here from Cullenview Interiors in Riverstick. Could you please enter us for the Free Food Friday? And uh, we'll be back to uh, the uh, business of the program with the time coming up on 11.30 in a few moments. The Neil Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 0818-104-106. Coming up on 27 minutes to 12, and in a moment we'll continue our trip around Cork to the wonderful and fabulous and engaging experiences. And today we're going to visit Titanic Experience in Cove. But first, I'm cognizant that I'm leaving acres and acres of text for Neil to get through and that's not fair uh, politicians we mentioned that in the first hour this morning um, Mick I can't come on air but my feeling all my life is that a politician's job is to get the head down in the trough of money for as long as possible and then live off the pension it'll never change says Tony and Douglas these politicians are a joke says Kevin in Holly Hill until their wages are drastically reduced 
and the people who pursue these positions are driven by a desire to help the people of this country instead of the monster salaries and pensions on offer. This country is absolutely screwed. We the people should be able to decide uh, when there should be an election to get rid of this shower of bloodsuckers. Nobody wants them, says another texter. I make that man is, uh, that speaking is absolutely brilliant. Everything he is saying is true. The politicians are not working for us. So, so true. You know, I'd love to get a holiday for that guy, Jerry, who hasn't had a holiday in 15 years. If there's anybody here who's listening, this poor strapped pensioner who gave all his life uh, to this country and uh, hasn't had a holiday in 15 years. Anyway, back to the text. Bacon, we're just too quiet as a nation. We need huge numbers protesting on the streets, says Joe. Years ago, Sinn Féin were the only party that walked with pensioners. So says Frick. Uh, God, make them depressed listening to the figures and the pay they are getting. And look at that girl that was on your show yesterday. God love her. She's going to be homeless and plenty more like her. Uh, it just makes me sick, make the whole thing. I'm asking all the people to come out on Saturday and protest with McBarry like we did with the water. Don't take any more lying down. They're a disgrace, the whole lot of them. Love the show, says Marie and Clon. The government are the real winners from the increased prices. They get 30 plus cents more on fuel and tax this year. It's a win-win. Tax returns were 5 million ahead of estimates for the first six months. Happy days. Denmark spending 28 billion to construct an island northwest of Epsberg as a hub for the wind farm industry. And I've already gotten contracts to supply Norway, Holland and Germany, as well as Denmark. Your caller was right. We are all browbeaten. Everyone has been privatised. So what does our government actually do? Meg, I'd like to ask what motivates those that knock on doors canvassing for this system. What do you get from this? I'll tell you. They get their kit and kin pen-pushing jobs in the likes of HSE admin. And we ask why a 74-year-old lady spends 70 hours on a trolley. There's your answer. Soft jobs for life at the expense of the rest of society. And there's one more before we go to the Titanic experience. Absolutely, he's right. Every single civil servant, bottom to top, are working for themselves, not the ordinary citizens and their concerns, which is the definition of civil and civility. If you get into the civil service, you can pretty much sit back and wait for your pension. You can't be fired. Unions will look after everything for you. And if you have a friend who's a civil servant, they'll tell you the same with a wink and a nod. Thanks for holding. Sonia Joyce, good morning. Hi, good morning, Mick. How are you? Good. Now, you and your husband, Gillen, opened the Titanic Experience Centre in uh, 2012. Now, I'm well familiar with the building. Uh, that is the, the Scots building in Cove. It was the original White Star Line ticketing office. And from there, I thought it was 144 passengers, but you'll tell me it's 123 passengers boarded uh, on the, uh, the tenders Ireland and America out to the anchored Titanic. Couldn't have said it better myself there, Mick. Yeah, so we had 123 men, women and children who came down to Cove on the morning of April 11th, 1912 to board Titanic, bound for New York. And literally four days later, they found themselves fighting for their lives in one of the world's most tragic maritime disasters. So for us, um, it was the building that captured our attention because within this building, really, you know, it really houses the stories of those individuals because Titanic is so much more than the ship. It's about the people on board the ship, you know, those who traveled on board it as passengers and also those who worked on board it. So from our perspective, what we wanted to do was tell their stories. Okay. And how has that been going? There is an onslaught, if that's the right word, of visiting liner traffic. And everybody, of course, who goes on a, on a cruise line is going to be very well au fait with the story of Titanic. And the fact that Cove has a, a, a real tangible connection must really, really interest them, does it? It does. I mean, the cruise business is obviously very, very important to the town. But I think that over the last 10 years, certainly since we started the business, we've seen such progression within the overall tourism numbers into the town, um, not just cruise passengers. It's just fantastic to see Cove finally on the tourism map. We have people from all walks of life and from all, you know, you know, 
countless countries who visit us, which is just fantastic to see. And of course, this year, was we were just so thrilled to see those cruise ships coming back into town. Okay, and is it a seasonal business, Sonia? Do you kind of drop off in numbers in the winter as would be expected? That's absolutely right. I mean, we do stay open all year round. We close for a little bit over the Christmas period, um, but we do stay open all year round. The bulk of the business is obviously during the summer months, um, but we would see a pickup right from March through to October uh, would be the main and shoulder season. Then off season would be sort of November, December, January, February. Okay, yeah. in- interest in Titanic does not seem to be waning. Really, it isn't. And, I, I, you know, I mean, we have children coming in at four, five, six years of age, and they're as fascinated by the story as, you know, the, the senior people that we have coming in. It just seems to have transcended uh, generations. And it's just, you know, the, the interest is, is wild, you know. It's, it's absolutely great to see it, though, in the younger generation. Okay, what can people expect if they go? I know we have some passes to give away uh, towards the end of the interview, but uh, what can people expect if they go to Titanic Experience Cove? So what we try to do is tell the personal stories of the passengers I mentioned earlier. So when people arrive with us, we'll actually give you a boarding pass, a replica boarding pass with the name of one of those passengers on it. So what we do is give you an instant connection to one of those passengers on board. And then what we'll do is we'll take you on a guided tour around the building where we have some cabin reconstructions. And we'll tell you about what life was like on board. Um, I mean, it was obviously a very exciting day when Titanic came to Cove originally um, because, you know, it was the penned as this most luxurious liner. Uh, of the White Star Line fleet. And, uh, you know, even uh, the Irish Examiner was down, you know, recording and reporting the story on the day. So it was a big, big news story. Um, So we tried to share that excitement as well and the the furore and the excitement of the ship being in the harbour, as well as obviously dealing with the tragedy. And during that process, our guides will tell you stories, some fantastic stories that will match any fictional story that you've seen in the movie. We have incredible personalities who are on that that, that ship. You know, we have young uh, elopers. We had... uh, uh, two young teenagers who were actually runaways. Uh, we had another couple who were secretly married. You know, so just amazing backstories to those passengers. And then obviously we kind of uh, delve into what happened to each one of them individually. Okay, and and the movie, of course, uh, very very eloquently delineated between the classes, between the lower classes, the third and second class, uh, and and between the absolute grandeur and tuxedos and and ball gowns on on the upper decks. Yeah, and listen, and that was all very, very accurate. The movie, in terms of its portrayal of the ship and, you know, the conditions on board the ship was really accurate. But what's really interesting is that the third-class conditions on board the ship were the finest for any third-class ship in its day. So really, and probably a lot finer than what people were used to living in, you know, um, here in Ireland in particular. Um, so, you know, most of our passengers were third-class poor immigrants. And uh, they, you know, their experience on board the ship, obviously, before it sank, would have been actually, um, you know, very, very excellent conditions and they would have had three solid meals a day uh, handed up to them. You know, previously some of these third passenger uh, uh, passengers, third class passengers, I should say, would have been expected to bring their food on board for the, the duration of these trips. Wow. So, it was actually an elevation of class for all passengers, third, second and first class passengers. Okay, and in, in retrospect, I know it's, it's 100 and what, 10 years now later, um, it, it, 110 years this year actually, uh, mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing that, uh, and there's just been a recent dive on Titanic as well. I met the the, the guy who uh, who founded Dr. Robert Ballard uh, mm-hmm. when he was when he was diving on uh, Lusitania, and uh, he was on a kind of a, a surreptitious naval mission, and uh, part of uh, he was looking for um, uh, a lost submarine actually, uh, but he very quietly uh, put into the deal. I want to go look for Titanic, and was one of the big boilers 
that led him to the uh, the wreck site. Uh, and the wreck's in many, many pieces down there. Of course, the, there's still teak on the decks. And it's very, very well done in the movie where they kind of go from the, the actual rusting hulk of Titanic into the grandeur uh, of, of what it is. Do you have any uh, original artifacts from Titanic on site? So what we do have actually is the O'Dell family were a family who travelled from uh, Southampton as far as Cork. So they were first class passengers and their passage was just as far as Cork. They were actually stopping here to um, partake in a business and and leisure trip. And uh, what we have acquired is the suitcase that Lily O'Dell actually travelled with on board Titanic, along with um, uh, a tortoise shell button from her coat. And we have a fan uh, that she travelled on board with, along with some original family photos um, that they took while on board Titanic. So um, that's what we have along with some, we have, uh, we have some uh, White Star Line memorabilia as well, uh, or artifacts, I should say. Uh, not from Titanic, but we do have a, a beautiful chair that was taken from Carpathia. And Carpathia was a rescue ship. So the 700-odd uh, passengers that were rescued that day, it's very feasible that one of them may have rested their laurels on this particular chair that we have, you know. Uh, and then we also, took, uh, we also purchased some um, White Star Line uh, cups and, and delftware um, from other ships, retiring ships, to show what the um, country would have looked like on board Titanic. Okay, true or false question for you, Sonia Joyce, uh, co-owner with your husband, Gillen, of the Titanic experience. I had a friend who was on board Titanic. True or false? True. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Melvina Dean, 14 months uh, old when she was passed into lifeboat number seven. Uh, her uh, impending life uh, she lost her brother Bertrand and her dad right. and uh, and uh, she opened uh, in 2000, the year 2000 uh, the right. Dean Room which was the restaurant uh, which was a replica of the restaurant on the first class uh, level and uh, and came a few times to visit the premises which is now your Titanic experience so it's a kind of a trick question uh, yeah, Melvina no, was the last survivor re- actually of, of, uh, yes. of Titanic you're right. We have an original picture of Melvina as a child uh, as part of our uh, exhibits as well in Titanic Experience. I think she died at 96 or 97 years of age, but um, she had a toy boy, Bruno. He was 85. Fantastic. So we all a, need a new, to, 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 to follow her example. There, there's a lot of history with, with the site itself and looking out at Heartbreak Pier, which is locally known as, that would have been the Shannon Airport of, uh, of yesteryear because hundreds of thousands of Irish citizens would have emigrated from that pier. Uh, and I don't know how it's still standing, okay? Uh, I, I would be an advocate of maybe in, encasing it in glass or plastic and preserving it for generations to come. But the original lug- luggage derrick, uh, the original pulley system, if you like, you know, the, the remains of it are st- is still standing proud there at the end of the jetty. Yeah, you, there's actually been work to secure that to make sure that it doesn't blow away in the next storm. Um, there was work carried out a couple of years ago to stabilise it. And, you know, there were some plans put forward, uh, which were unfortunately rejected at the time. So we, we hope to come back to that at some time in the future to try and secure that, because I do feel that that's actually the largest artefact and the biggest and most important artefact that we have. Because like you said, you know, it's actually over a million passengers uh, would have walked that uh, pier on their pathway to emigration. So it's a really, really important piece of historical how it's, how it's not a world if not an Irish heritage site fully protected is beyond me. I know, I know. <laughs> but look, it's, it's, it's a great addition. The reality of people boarding Titanic and Scots Buildings and Cove is there. So uh, let's give away four family passes. And uh, this is going to be the full thing. And I think the most poignant thing is you're going to get a... You're going to be one of the passengers leaving from Ireland by ticket. Your name will be on the ticket. And not to put too fine a point on it, you find out in the end if you lived or if you died. How many lived, how many died from Ireland? 
Um, 77 uh, lost their lives and uh, the remainder and, yeah. and the remainder the remainder right. of the 123 <laughs> I've been to do the maths in my head <laughs> ok four family passes to give away we'll open the lines right now 0818 104 0818 uh, Cove is buzzing at the moment uh, you'll continue to accept liners until well into September I imagine into October, actually, yeah. Into October, yeah. yeah. So it's fantastic, yeah. Two busy weeks coming up now over the next two weeks, um, and then it starts to die off a little bit, but they will they will come in uh, right through to October. Brilliant, okay. Sonia Joyce and Gillan Joyce, we wish you all the very best with Titanic Experience in Cove, in the original Scots buildings. The lines are buzzing. Four family passes to give away. One of the premier attractions in Cork. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you so much. Cheers. Thanks. Bye-bye. Uh, now to get back to some more of the text. By the way, thanks to uh, Tony Allen, the inviter of Spider Catcher. He thought I was Neil. He said, hi, Neil. Thank you for mentioning Spider Catcher on the air yesterday. The good news is that all Aldi stores are now stocking Spider Catcher selling at nine ninety nine. He sent one in uh, with some plastic spiders as well. We had great fun with them this morning. And uh, happy hunting. Tony Allen, the inventor of Spider Catcher. It's an invention uh, which you can keep at a comfortable distance when you pick up and transport the spider or insect. Pick it up at a safe distance. There's been some worry about venomous spiders uh, reaching this country, and uh, we spoke about that earlier. So well done to the Fermoy inventor, Tony Allen, the inventor of Spider Catcher. And thanks for sending us one in. We're having great uh, fun, though, with the plastic spiders. Uh, in shout-outs, I was just wondering if you could give a shout-out for Joe Field. He's the Big 50 from everyone in TNA Building Supplies in Blackpool. He's been an absolute stalwart of the company of the last 30 years. I'm wondering, could you please give a shout-out to these three firefighters from Middleton Fire Station, Davy Owers, John O'Flynn and David Harrigan. Uh, they will be climbing Caron Tool in their full uh, gear, in their full firefighting gear, including boots and helmet, which can uh, weigh an incredible uh, 10 kilos. This is all in aid of an amazing six-year-old girl, Alana, who suffers from an incredibly painful genetic condition known as butterfly skin. To donate, you can please check out their GoFundMe, which is Climb for Alana, A-L-A-N-A, and they are legends. Thanks, says Rachel, Alana's mum. And happy retirement to Tony Murphy uh, after 30 years of working in Cork Confidential Shredding. Now, speaking of shout-outs, I want to get to the final shout-outs. It's always been a, uh, always a busy day on Friday because we have our Free Food Friday with Roosters Piri Piri in Douglas and Blackpool. Uh, the text and WhatsApp lines are now closed, uh, but we're going to feed 15 people. And I think for once we're going to get through every text uh, that came in today. Winner's going to get a selection of starters uh, consisting chicken wings, chicken skewers and beef skewers, a selection of mains including chicken wraps. Uh, we have all meats uh, with chicken pitas and beef burgers and all are basted in their famous medium piri-piri sauce. Not going to be too hot for you. And they're going to also throw in piri-salted fries, rice and waffle fries. They'll also throw in portions of piri mayo and garlic piri mayo. And as a special treat, you can build your own cheesecake and a selection of toppings like Kinder Bueno sauce, Kinder Pieces, Nutella and lots more. Uh, now then, hi Mick, I'd love Free Food Friday for Next Gen Facades, N-X-T-G-E-N in Mallow. To all the hard-working lads on the floor in the warehouse, that's from Patrick. Have a great Friday. Keto products, uh, please send us some food. Thanks, Mick. Uh, Alan and the crew in Merview Laboratories. Happy Friday from all the crew down in Power Aggregates in Carrick Tool. We're eating our boots here with hunger since 5.30am. All the girls in Sugar Dolls Nail Bar and Beauty in Wilton would love to win the lunch. AMS Little Island, we'd be delighted with some free food this Friday. Free food Friday, please, for Sandra, Donna, Arlene, Denise and the customers 
at House of Hare Kinsale. Feelings on Baker's Road would love roosters for all the hungry staff, please. Free Food Friday for all at Brookfield UCC. And we're down to the last three. Uh, hi to HSSD staff in the Bond Secures. All hard working and we'd love a treat. Pfizer staff and Ring a Skiddy would love roosters, especially Mark Murphy. Simply the best. And uh, Free Food Friday for Nisbets. And that is uh, for Shauna. And uh, we'll pick a winner on our uh, Roosters Piri Piri Free Food Friday very soon. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106. Red FM. And a very good morning with eight minutes to go uh, to news at midday with uh, Breda Forrest. Let's try and get to some of the text and we'll pick our Free Food Friday winner as well. We never got to the customers fuming over Brown Thomas website pricing error. Let me give you a flavour uh, of what our listeners are saying. I don't understand why people were looking at the Brown Thomas app anyways. Isn't there a cost of living crisis? But the same people who are on the app are literally the bums complaining about the gas, electricity, petrol, etc. Uh, whoops, somebody's going to get uh, in trouble for that one. Uh, think of that poor unfortunate person, says Mel, and don't make a big deal of it. I think it's a silly decision for them, to be honest. They're a massive company selling luxury items. The incorrect prices were up for about two hours before they were noticed. Uh, I feel uh, they could have taken the hit and choked it down to cheap advertising. They could have pulled it, honoured the orders, took the hit and had a buzz about the amazing sale, uh, something that would have positively trended and gave them positive uh, publicity. Instead, they cancelled all orders, etc. Uh, on the cost of living protests, I'm only able to give you a flavour uh, of uh, what we're getting here. Uh, that's happening as it's Saturday week. Uh, Mick Barry's organising that. CEOs are getting paid in line with profits, so they're always pushing prices up. CEOs and dividend holders get all the money, leaving nothing for the wages. Uh, tell Mick I will be at his protest. Uh, that is uh, Mick Barry. We need to take to the streets and uh, put an end to the criminal charges. Our last ESB bill for two months uh, electricity was €8,000. It used to be under 2000 Our next one is due and is likely to be 10000 and I'll not be paying it. Uh, they can cut me off. No small business can sustain these energy bills, says Wharton's Fish and Chips in Bantry. Thank you for being so honest there. Make you mention Mick Lynch in your interview uh, with Mick Barry TD. Can you just imagine the amount of work and proper working conditions that would happen here in Ireland if we had two or three people like Mick Lynch representing the what I call ordinary working uh, here in Ireland. From what I can see, Mick Lynch is a man of uh, education, principle and honesty. What do we have here in Ireland? Our politicians, who are only interested in what they can get out of it for themselves. Uh, hi Mick, you forgot me, I'm the biggest listener to Red FM and I did all the walks in Cork and Dublin with Mick Barry to stop the water rates and we did. Uh, you're doing a great job, Mick, says Marie and Clon. Nothing's going to happen by marching up and down Patrick Street. Direct action is needed to bring uh, to, the, to the TD's homes like the water charges. Tell Mick Barry if he believes in open borders, he can forget any support from the people of Cork. And people should demand an election. By, uh, meanwhile, somebody's very sick of Michael O'Donovan of the VFI moaning all the time. He wants to put the price of drink up because of the rise in electricity. Does he not think uh, that we, the public, are paying extra for our electricity as well. Now let's go to line one and to a certain bunch of workers in ECI JCB in Carrick Tool. Good morning to all uh, at ECI JCB. Who have we got on the line there? Hi, Mike. This is JK on ECI. How are you keeping? This is JK on the radio. Well done. Uh, you, you guys are the winners of our Free Food Friday today. And if I remember correctly, I'm not here that often, but you're always, always texting in. Isn't that correct? That's correct. Why? Uh, so, this here's your text. Happy Friday to all of Red FM. Piri Piri Chicken would be sweet for all the guys and girls working hard at ECI, JCB and Carrick Tools. So, you're obviously a JCB uh, distributor or you just plant hire or what? 
JCB distributor. Okay. Uh, JCB, do I remember correctly, was that John or James Cole Bamford or something? Who's, uh, Joseph. Who, Joseph, was Joseph, it? Joseph Cyril Bamford. Joseph Cyril Bamford. And uh, it was one of the first colloquialisms, really, that his name, uh, you know, like, like Hoover. Um, everyone calls it a Hoover and not a vacuum cleaner. And everyone calls whatever make of uh, earth mover or extractor, they always call it a JCB, don't they? They do. I'm one in three in the world that sold is a JCB. Okay, that's good marketing anyway. Now, look forward to mouth-watering lunch uh, coming your way. <clears throat> You're going to get a selection uh, of starters with chicken wings, chicken skewers and beef skewers, a selection of mains including chicken wraps, chicken pitas and beef burgers. They're all going to be basted in famous medium piri-piri sauce. You're going to get piri-salted fries, rice and waffle fries. They're also going to throw in some uh, portions of piri mayo and garlic piri mayo. And you guys can get the choice to build your own cheesecake with a selection of toppings like Kinder Bueno sauce, Kinder Pieces, Nutella and lots more. It's all coming your way. Well done to all at ECI, JCB in Carrick Tool. Well done. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Uh, Roosterspiripiri.com, of course, based in Douglas and in Blackpool. Let's play out on a musical note, shall we? There's a song that's synonymous with education, if not the most perfect song for all of the Leaving Search today. Uh, we've got hundreds of requests coming in to uh, mention all students, uh, but let's just mention them all in general. Uh, and this is a kind of a text uh, that we've read before. Uh, it's uh, I'm not sure who wrote it, uh, but it really is. Uh, it really hits home on days like today and when you're sitting exams. Uh, don't forget that those will be getting there as uh, within those getting their exams today. There's going to be an artist who doesn't need to understand maths. There's an entrepreneur who doesn't care about history or English literature. There's a musician whose chemistry marks won't matter. There's an athlete whose physical fitness is more important than physics. If your child does get top marks, that's great. But if he or she doesn't, please don't take away their self-confidence and self-dignity from them. Tell them it's okay. It's just an exam. They're cut out for much bigger things in life. Tell them no matter what they score, you love them and will not judge them. Please do this, and when you do, watch your children conquer the world. One exam or a low mark won't take that away. They're dreams and talent. And please do not think that doctors and engineers are the only happy people in the world. My thanks to the New Prendival Show producers, to uh, Seamus Wheelahan, to, uh, to Kevin and to Claire as well, Kevin Galvin and Claire O'Connor. And uh, Neil Prendival is back on Monday morning. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.